obviously. Um, I'm a huge Caps fan. I always have been. And to be there at that game with my teammates and for us to bring, you know, our gold medals to to there and share it with everyone in this area was really, really special for me. And just the support and it's been tremendous from everyone in this area. And you could feel that there at that game. Welcome to Sports on the Hill podcast. Hashtag DC Sports Without the Politics with Carol and Robbie on True Radio Network. All right, I'm just double checking, but welcome to Sports on the Hill podcast, episode number 302. And uh, we've uh, got an exciting show uh, tonight. I'm just making sure that we're live on all the different platforms right now uh, before we get too far. Because just never know when you're sharing to a bunch of things. And we are. We're live on Facebook and we're live on Twitch. Um, and um, we've got a whole huge panel here of Caps uh, fans uh, that we're going to be bringing in uh, to the show to start the show. And then after that, we're going to have a little bit of some DC Defenders talk. And then uh, we're going to switch gears, talk a little Wizards, and then we'll get into March Madness, which would explain uh, the T-shirt that I'm wearing uh, right now. <laughs> um, so people don't know, uh, my wife, Liz, it's her birthday today. Um, and uh, as part of my vows, uh, I took Texas A&M in all sports, uh, and she took uh, well, at the time they were called the Redskins, but now they're called the Commanders, um, into the vows. So um i usually am rooting for texas a&m in football uh but they did make it into march madness this year and in fact the corpus christi subset of texas a&m also made it into the 68 now whether they'll make it out of the play-in round well is yet to be seen uh but there could be two texas a&m teams uh in uh this year's big dance uh so that's some exciting news uh unfortunately they lost in the sec um championship game uh, to a rival team on the football side, uh, Alabama. But Alabama is one of the best teams in college basketball this year. But we'll get into that in our March Madness uh, segment at the end of the show. But this is a March Madness special, so I thought I would open it with a little bit of that. Uh, but uh, happy birthday to my wife, Liz. Um, yeah. And obviously, uh, let's go Aggies uh, for, on her sake. Uh, she's not a huge basketball fan, I will be honest about that side of it. Uh, she claimed that she had never gone to a game in her entire time that she was there. But we're still going to root for them anyway. Uh, I like basketball. Um, I also like football and hockey and lots of different sports. So we'll talk a lot of different sports in tonight's episode. I'm going to introduce our special guests. Uh, I'm going to have two of them talk about a show that they uh, just came out uh, while I share it to a couple of groups. And then we'll get into this week in our Caps Talk. And then again, XFL to end the first hour 
then we'll talk Wizards, and then we'll end with some March Madness. Uh, so our first guest uh, tonight is Gil, the blue liner on point. How are you doing tonight, Gil? Uh, pretty good, Robbie. Thanks for uh, having us on uh, again. It talks Caps hockey. Always yeah. a pleasure. I really enjoyed uh, your show uh, today, or well, came out um, last night, I guess, uh, but I usually listen to it either uh, on my way to work or today. I actually listened to it a little bit while I was working, and uh, it was a great show about you and your co-host, Anna Knox, who we have also. How are you doing tonight, Anna? I'm doing great. I'm doing great for a Monday. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel you. Mondays after time zone or, change, uh. or time changes uh, suck, as we were commiserating before uh, being on air, but uh, I am happy uh, all of us could be here today, uh, you know, make something at least to look forward to at the end of a Monday uh, for sure, which is part of why I actually scheduled this show seven years ago to be on Mondays, because uh, I thought Monday needs something to look forward to. And yeah. uh, uh, it's usually my least favorite day of the week. So uh, at least it makes something uh, for that. Uh, we have, Next, we have Cheryl Ann Forrester uh, joining us uh, once again, or C4 as we affectionately call her. Uh, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Again, like Anna, a little tired from the time change, but you know, we're getting there. I'll get through it. I'm like starting to put like a, a connection between getting older, suffering, like safe, like the recovery from a hangover and daylight savings. So they all just, you know, are evil. Yes. You know, you're just like, oh, I could do this. And you're like, no, no, I can't. And then, no, I, you know, lose that hour of sleep. I'm like, no, 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 no I can't. No. But sleep then we go sucks. and do it again and again and again. So. Yeah, it's awful. <laughs> yeah, I realized that I never updated my screen title for uh, Twitch. So I'm just adding that into it real quickly um, here. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's a fun and exciting time. I always say that October and March are my two favorite sports times because it's kind of like everything collides at once. And we don't even usually have so much football to, to talk about because uh, the Super Bowl is usually past us by this point. But um, it's really kind of cool. The XFL is back and it's creating a really interesting buzz in the D.C. area. There's a football team back in the area. And I've seen a ton of overflow between Capitals fans and uh, Defenders fans. And oh. uh, so mm -hmm. I see a ton of people wearing Capitals gear um, uh, at the uh, football game. And so that makes me happy to see it, that there are a lot of fans of uh, both teams. Um, and uh, so th that makes me really happy. Um all right, well, let's get into, um, well, actually, while I make this change, I do want, Gil, you give a little update on what you talk about on this week's episode uh, of the uh, Power Play Point podcast while I share it to a couple of Caps groups, and then we'll get into the week ahead. Absolutely. So this week, uh, we covered the, the three games, uh, the end of the West Coast trip, and then uh, they, they came back home for a game, and uh, the went out on another quick road trip to New York. So uh, Anna and I covered all three games. Uh, it's a one, one and one record. Uh, our intent was to have uh, a special guest on to record with us as part of Women's History Month, uh, but uh, she had to back out at the last moment. Um, we will have said person on next week. Uh, so uh, that was postponed, but uh, we will uh, hoping to have her on next week and um it's going to be i can't still can't say who it is just yet but it's going to be very very special and so in lieu of that we put the spotlight uh brought back the uh the uh small business feature 
And so we put the spotlight on uh, several women-owned businesses throughout the DMV. Uh, very interesting, very uh, contributory to uh, the community. So we spent some time talking about that and put some links to their businesses on our uh, the show page, the link to the podcast itself. So uh, quick flyby show, not I mean, not gangbusters as far as the games themselves, not a whole lot of goals, not a whole lot of controversy. Everybody's settling in. The, the new guys are settling in. So not a whole lot to talk about. Nice, quick, clean episode, but you know, pretty uh, action-packed as well as far as the information and, and some evaluation as to where the team is as well. Sounds good. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, it, was, it was a great show. I hope that everyone else uh, gets a chance to, to listen to it. I thought you did a good job with uh, the analysis of how the games are. Gil, tonight I'm probably going to have you break down the scoring in the game mm-hmm. since you did it um, for, for your show and you, you know it pretty well. Uh, and then um, you can throw it back to me and then we can go around and we can talk uh, about it with, the, you know, with the, the two ladies of the chat, which I am so happy to have both of you on. I'm not sure. Have we had all? Both you on the same show. I know that C4 mm-hmm. and yeah, I don't think that this no. is the first time. For the, yeah. yeah. So I'm excited to have both of you, especially um, as we celebrate women's month uh, in hockey. And I'm so happy that you guys have both have been a part of this show um, over this last year and even before that. And uh, so, yeah, that'll be great. And so I have shared to a bunch of caps groups. Uh, I'm going to try to monitor both uh, Twitch chat and the uh, the Facebook. I'm sorry if I miss anybody's questions or comments. Uh, but uh, Gil, yeah, let's let's go through the week that was for the Capitals. Okay, so the first game was uh, this past uh, Monday night, um, and I admit, uh, yeah, it was a 10:30 puck drop. So I got to admit, um, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm uh, I'm not a fan of the daylight savings time. This was even before that, but yeah, we're all feeling our age here. And, uh, I have a job now that requires me to be up kind of early because for once I have to drive to it. So I dozed off in fits and starts in this game. So I missed chunks of it. I did manage to wake up just in time to see Rasmus Sandin score his first goal as a Washington capital. Uh, at uh, 11.39 in the first period. So he staked them to the lead. Uh, Kings tied it up a couple minutes later. They took the lead um, even um, later on. This is actually all in the second period where this happened. Um, Ovechkin tied it on the power play, 2.31 in. um, And you figured they had a chance. I said last week this was the one game I thought they could steal They were the underdog in this game, but I I thought they could steal this game. They came pretty damn close to at least getting a point, but they couldn't hang on. Um, They got a uh, Kings got a goal half close to halfway through the period. And then uh, Adrian Kempe locked it up with an empty netter for the four two win. Um, This theme through the week is effort. And that's what we touched on during the episode. I was very pleased with the effort overall. Caps fell way behind in shot total, but that didn't necessarily mean the effort wasn't there. So uh, you're going to see a lot of that happening in these games. So we move on to the next game, which was a couple days later, back in Cap 1 against uh, the New Jersey Devils. And uh, pretty much the same thing. Caps got out to a one nothing lead. Trevor Van Riemsdyk, who just got the extension with his seventh um, unassisted and a healthy serving of chicken McNuggets. For those who are fans, I am not. 
Um, I, I actually did take advantage of this offer. I'll have to admit. <laughs> uh, so uh, I appreciate those nuggets. We were, we were already getting some nuggets for the kids and then I got some nuggets too. So uh, I rarely have taken advantage of it when it's happened, but I, I wanted to at least give a shout out to when it did work in my advantage. <laughs> All right. Well, to, to each their own. So hope everybody enjoys. Um, so yeah, since it was, <clears throat> pardon me, 10 seconds before the end of the first period, um, that offer uh, was made good. And then uh, New Jersey uh, oh, took the lead, tied it, and it took the lead um, in the second period in a span of uh, 37 seconds. Mm -hmm. um, Caps once again fell way behind in shots. But, you know, again, I'm not displeased with their effort overall, um, especially when you consider that the Caps managed to tie the game in the second and then hung on uh, from a ferocious onslaught by the Devils. Uh, Devils ended up putting in uh, regulation and overtime 40 shots on net at Darcy Kemper, and he got 38 of them. Um, so of course the game went to overtime, no goals caps had a late power play, couldn't convert. Uh, and then onto the dreaded skills competition, which as everybody knows, I can't stand. So I'm not going to waste any time caps came out on the short end on this one. Uh, Koozie and his, um, 4,000 deep move did not quite get the job done this time. Almost did. It got the goalpost. It was a close. Yeah. yeah. yeah it, 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 it <laughs> Didn't go where it needed to, though. So it, but yeah, it was it was a good try, but you know, try doesn't get the two points. Um, so Caps come away with the loser point um, after that. So final game of the week, uh, obviously the best one, absolute best one, um, not only this week but in quite a while. Five-one win on the island against the Long Islanders. Um, this game and this game was the weird one. It had the weird start. Oddly enough, it was the only game where the Caps gave up the lead early, and it was on a bizarre kind of a bizarre play where uh, so Pierre Engvall, here's your sign, broke away, and uh, Alex Alexiev was the only defenseman back, and he collapsed and did kind of a sweep check move. Only his stick kind of caught the puck on the way towards the net. It ended up going through Darcy Kemper's legs. The puck did not anything else and into the net. And uh, so they, they took the one, nothing lead that kind of a goal. If you let it can really get you down. Cause you're like, Oh God, how can you let that happen? And, but again, uh, I, I, I have to commend the effort of this team. Lots of compete level. They didn't quit on themselves and each other which they're going to need to rely on that attitude if they're, they're, you know, in this playoff run that they've put together here. So they, they fall behind 518, but then uh, just about 90 seconds later, not even, Strom again gets on the board, his 16th. Um, Rasmus Sandin and Trevor Van Riemsdyk with the assist on that one. Ann and I discussed this. Um, Tom Wilson has been the hero, has kind of carried this team for the last week and a half or so. This week, it was that five-man unit with the with TVR and Sandine um, being the, the de facto number one defense pair and that line of Oshie, Stroman, Milano, uh, mm -hmm. all carrying the play 
for the most part of this week, and you're going to see them light up the scoreboard uh, this week. So Strom ties it, 641 the first. Um, and then, uh, well, if you liked McNuggets before, you're going to like them again. TJ Oshie at 1913, so 47 seconds before the end of the first period, gives the Caps the lead for good. Sandine and Van Vreemsdyk again on the assist on that one. Um, we need to make up a nickname for those two guys or maybe Sandine himself. Um, maybe we go with the cookie theme. Uh we got the cookie theme with uh, Milano and maybe pecan Sandine, maybe. I don't know. I don't know if that'll fly. But no. anyway, uh, Sandine Van Riemsdyk, not that the defense have played badly this year, but they are far, far and away the best pairing this week, even with Faravari and Jensen coming back, um, obviously. So uh, they contribute to that one as well. Second period, no goals. And then the third period, 4.15 in, we probably had – this, <laughs> I don't know if this is the strangest thing, but uh, probably the least expected thing. Um, we had uh, a, an Anthony Matha sighting, <laughs> an Ant-Man sighting. He decided to unshrink himself, gets his 10th goal of the year. I almost wore my uh, Anthony Mantha shirt just because <laughs> of it today, but it was, I, I figured this was still uh, you know, too on brand for the episode, but yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. I've never felt more wrong about a player in my life. And it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's yeah. painful. I, yeah, I, I, I've said what I've said about him on this and, and my show and other shows more on that later on, but yeah, that I'm not, I'm not altogether convinced that uh, he doesn't deserve to uh, continue to ride the bench, uh, but uh, he, he scored here and it was on a play that has been kind of bread and butter. Um, he was, uh, well, you had two players crashing the net and uh, it was, it was kind of a busted play where Ovi had a couple whacks at it and couldn't had couldn't get the clear shot the third time. So he kind of tosses it over to Mantha who was waiting at the far post and he slams it in for his 10th, um, making it 3-1 caps. Nick Dowd, uh, almost exactly eight minutes later, makes it 4-1 with his 11th. And uh, Nick Backstrom uh, puts the icing on the cake with his fourth at 13-19. And, uh, yeah, the route was pretty much on at that point. And the caps were playing caps hockey. They were taking the play to the Islanders, uh, clearly outshot them. Um, 27 to 18 shut down the uh, uh the islanders offense what there was of it anyway mm -hmm. um you know power play not not a whole lot in this game but you know it was a very dominant performance all around and uh, again the effort is 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 commendable they didn't get down on themselves they were playing for each other again and there's we're starting to see some desperate hockey and i mean it's okay to believe that the hill look the hill is very, very high. It's 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 a steep climb for them. So it, it's it's not very likely. But I mean, if they play like this, they can do some damage. So there there's reason for optimism for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Let's. There's a lot to unpack there. Um, we'll start off with the Kings game. Uh, I was really disappointed because this is one of those games where I felt like we had we kind of took control over it and we were trying to come back into it and we had an opportunity here and then we sort of let it slip away uh in the last period and the kings are a good team 
but I was uh, just frustrated because if we really want to make a run at it, uh, we've got to jump over a lot of teams and every point is really valuable. And I, you know, I think missing two points here, you know, is really hurts our chances. We went up from like 2% chance to 6% chance this week of making the playoffs, but that's not the kind of jump we need. You know, we, we really need to get every point. Um, I'll start off with Anna. Your, what are your thoughts on, on the Kings game? Uh, this is one of the ones I didn't see, unfortunately, because it's, uh, it's late and I'm old. Um, but I will say just, I think what we all needed to see was, um, we just need to get Sandine on, on the board and that's, that's exactly what happened. And that just, you know, he's, he's proven to be a good, a good thing for the capital. So I think that that's definitely what we needed. Who doesn't love an, an Ovechkin goal? I mean, come on. Um, but Gil and I talked about it. It wasn't, it wasn't a terrible loss. I mean, yes, of course, you know, we wanted them to win, but it could have been worse. Um, I didn't really, I don't know. I didn't put too much thought into this one, especially since I didn't see it, but I also, you know, what I read about it. So I don't have much to say, but I was just glad. I think that the plus was Sandine because what we've seen after this moving forward has just been awesome. Yeah. I mean, he's been incredible and it's pretty funny reading all of the, uh, uh, the post by Toronto fans and how upset they are with this trade and like immediate <laughs> dividends. It's just kind of nice to be on the other side. I mean, it's still early returns. Yeah. I want to, you know, people need to temper their expectations just because, you know, he's had this incredible start record-breaking start. It doesn't mean that he's going to be amazing for the whole entire season or seasons to come, but it is a great start. And uh -huh. um, we're so often on the wrong side of these trades. So I was happy to see at least us maybe on the right side for you know once. Uh, C4, what are some of your thoughts? Uh, like Anna, I didn't see most of the game. I managed to stay up for about the first period um, <clears throat> and then kind of watched. I actually ended up watching it the next day I recorded it. Uh, again, not overly angry, disappointed, whatever. I mean, you know, the effort was there. It was nice to see a lot of the younger guys getting on the ice. I'm liking the new defensive core with the young guys, Sandine. TBR is not really young, but Gabrielle Carson, uh, Carlson, it was nice to see Alexiev on the ice. So um, just and, and seeing where it can go. You know, the effort was there. We did, um, I mean, none of those goals was what I would call a trash goal or a leaky goal. I mean, the effort was there. I mean, to, to keep that, I mean, they only scored, what, three, three goals on 40 shots. I'm not counting the empty netter. So, I mean, all in all, I don't think it was a horrible game. Um, it wasn't, it was one, like Gil said, I thought maybe we could steal it, but at least we hung in there. It could have been a lot worse. and. Um, you know, no complaints at the end of the day. Yeah, I'm just so happy that he's been able to acclimate so well, you know, at the start, because coming in on a team, especially with all the issues we've been having uh, and have him help settle the defensive core, um, it's exactly what we need. You know, I, yeah. we're obviously going to miss a couple of the players that they let go, but uh, I am so jealous of that you guys all took naps and fell asleep during this. I was lured into a false sense of security <laughs> and... Stayed up for a third period I knew I shouldn't have. And um, I was very frustrated by the end of it, uh, for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, so I don't have a lot of good to say because I was pretty 
upset by the end of it. Um, and especially because I thought that there was a, a real chance. Uh, but yeah, it's just really disappointing. Um, this may have been the most disappointing of all the games because I actually think the next game uh, against New Jersey, they played really well mm-hmm. and um, almost won that game. And uh, it's a shame that they didn't, uh, but I just thought the effort was really there um, in that New Jersey game. Well, Anna, what are some of your thoughts on that one? Yeah, this was the one that um, I really felt like they they kind of it, – it's starting to like fall into place in regards to um, lines and chemistry. And uh, I love hearing uh, Strom's name. Um, you know, I, I love, love hearing that um, TBR, of course, and Sandine, those were like uh, not names that we were hearing all the time before, you know, and we're starting to hear new names now and um, I love it. And I just think that this, this was like a, a good, you know, um, a good game minus a loss. I know Gil hates the the shootout. I don't, it doesn't bother me, but whatever. Um, but it's just, it was good because I think what we saw the next night or the next game um, was that, you know, Caps having fun and coming back and playing, you know, the 60 minutes that we needed to see. Yeah. Um, I, I was frustrated because when we got that uh, penalty, uh, or the other team got the penalty in overtime, we got the power play. And mm-hmm. I really thought that this is a huge opportunity. And when that mm-hmm. didn't go for us, uh, both goalies stood on their head, though. I have to say, I agree yeah. with Gil. I hate the shootout, but it was a very entertaining shootout if you like goaltending in that one. Right. And, yeah. Um, uh, I thought both goalies played phenomenal uh, and read the plays well. Um, C4, what were some of your thoughts on this game? Um, yeah, like Anna said, you could see the pieces starting to come together and the, the chemistry starting to gel and everything in this game. Yeah, badly outshot again, whatever. But you could see our defense is a lot better too. I mean, if you look at the number of shots they had versus the number of goals they actually got and the number of times Darcy didn't have to stand on his head, you can see mm-hmm. the defense finally coming together, which I think has been a huge problem the last couple of years. And I think Sandine's been a huge part of that. I love him paired up with TVR. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I do like, and I like Jensen and Farabari together. So I like the defensive pairings he's got going right now. Uh, he's still got a little bit of the line blunder going on the forwards, but it's a lot less now. It seems to be much more stable. I like the Oshi Milano uh, Strom line. I love that line. Like Gil said, mm-hmm. those five on the ice, they, they're like, they make stuff happen, which makes it easier for the other guys when they're coming in to keep the momentum going. So like Anna said, this was sort of like, sort of a transition game, I guess. Like so the LA game kind of started it. You could see things start to come together. Mm-hmm. This was, it was even more. And then by the time we got to the game against Islanders, you know, and, and now all we just have to do is hope it stays like this the next few games and yeah. until the end of the season. So, and again, like Gil said, I'm okay with not making the playoffs. As long as that effort is there and they're leaving everything on the ice, I'm good. They're my boys always will be. Um, and it's a lot easier to take a loss if you know, they've left everything on the ice. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Darcy did have to put up 38 saves in this game. I'll just, I, I just have to put that out there. So, I mean, he really he saved our bacon and was a big reason why we even made it and got the one point in this one. But I just got to put that out there because there's still people out there that blame Darcy Kemper this season, which I don't think they have a true understanding of how awful the defensive pairings have been 
for huge portions of the season. Yeah. And, um, lots and lots and lots of breakdowns. You're That's blaming cool. if you're blaming the goalies, you are not really watching the game. All you're doing is reading the damn scoreboard. And mm-hmm. shame on you if you're doing that and making exactly. a judgment. Watch the damn games. <laughs> yeah. I was just reading on a Facebook trail about the goalies and don't even get me started. I was just like uh, a lot of commentary I, about them. Yeah. The, I, the goalies have never been the only issue with this team. Yeah. It's always been the And defense. that's that's I mean, all the, the same, I mean it's yeah. like don't it, it, I'm like, just don't get me started because yeah. it'll be a whole other podcast. So. <laughs> right. Well that's I mean we, we can I'm done. See I'm not gonna say another word about it. Those same goalies that people ran out of the town before are doing well in front of a better defense. So that and better kinda, coaching. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, yeah, we got to get rid of Blaine Forsyth and we need to get some better goalie or some better defensive you know, coaches, but even maybe a better goalie coach. I mean, I really loved what happened, you know, under Braden Holpe and, you know, I would Mitch like to Warren see Braden. Like that. I yeah. would like to see Braden Holte come back at least as a consultant on the goalies. I'd be all for that. I think, yeah. it, I mean, ideally I would love for him to be the goalie coach because then he could take all that stuff he learned from Mitch Korn and funnel it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'm um, still, I don't see I, it happening, but <laughs> it would be nice. I mean, they had Ole learn from Mitch Corrin right before he left, but that didn't mm-hmm. seem to work out. So I don't, I just, I, I love Hopi and he was a great goaltender, but it doesn't necessarily make he's a, a good goaltending coach. So, well, yeah, that's yeah. why I'm thinking more in the role of a consultant as opposed yeah. to an actual coach. Yeah. I mean, look, you know, a la Dale Hunter. Right. Which, <laughs> which sometimes works and sometimes doesn't. So, um, so we'll see how that, that goes. All right. This next game uh, is obviously the most exciting one, and it's the, the Islanders and the Capitals. Um, you know, Gil broke it all down, but it was a really good first period after it started off pretty poorly. Um, but just, um, you know, I love the McNugget goal, obviously. Um, and then the um, really in the third period, uh, to score three goals, uh, you know, in a close two-one game, uh, is really important. You know, it's something that we haven't seen, and it's scoring from other lines and people not named Ovechkin, mm-hmm. and <laughs> yeah, you know, and that's really important uh, for a lot of reasons. I'll start off with you, Anna. What are your thoughts on uh, this? We've been playing well against uh, the New York Islanders, and it's a team that we have to beat because they're yeah. right in the standings with us. Well, and I think the the score is good. It's just a good momentum, you know, pusher for these guys. And like you said, seeing different names again, Mantha. I mean, finally. Yeah, <laughs> finally. But you know what? If you're you play a sport and you're you know have seventeen games of not scoring, and it's a statistic that all the announcers keep bringing up, and everyone's talking, it gets in your head. I mean, we know we know that much. So I'm hoping that uh, 39 is going to basically take this and and continue with it because you mm-hmm. know it's like we were all we were all excited to have them uh, as a capital and then the injury and then we just never came back the same and so yeah. you know that's always that's kind of rough but uh, I don't know again Dylan Strom I think he may it's just like becoming a favorite and I just am really stoked with this kid <laughs> not a kid I know he's he's a little bit older but still like I just I just like it so he's this, 26 he's a kid yeah that's true <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. but I like I for me again it was like whenever you see them having fun on the ice and there's there's not stupid plays there's not cringeworthy passes where you're like what the hell are you thinking um 
then they, they're, they're getting in for me, a good mindset. And that's what I want to see, mm-hmm. uh, just continue. And, you know, like we said, if they make the playoffs, great. If they don't great, because if they're just going to get this, um, these next, you know, however many, what 15 games or something, um, down with the lines and chemistry and everything. And then off season, they build it, continue to, to build it. Um, then uh, awesome. Then 23, 24s, you know, could be a very magical year for the, for the capitals. Yeah. I, um, I hope that we can find a way to sneak in. Yeah. Even if we stuck in this year, we could still learn a lot about our team in the playoffs. Um, And uh, I don't know. I I still say we go for it. There's nothing I saw in this past week where I was like, "Ah, I think we should just go for the tank. Uh, But um, you know, see how we gel and see how we continue to build on it, you know, week after week um, Mm -hmm. and uh, at least make it exciting uh, for the fans. Uh, C4, what are some of your thoughts on this game? Um, I was kind of flashing back to the right uh, game against the Rangers a couple weeks ago where they were just having the fun. They were just taking it to them, you know, get it. They were actually getting on net. They were it's like, oh, my gosh, maybe they finally listened to us. They're starting to get <laughs> on the net and get those close in goals instead of shooting from the outside all the time. There's somebody there to catch rebounds There's somebody there to to knock it in, you know, because um, let's see, we got. You know, Oshi was a tip in, uh, Backstrom was a tip in, you know, the two wrist shots weren't from far out. I mean, Dowd was maybe, what, 10 feet in front of him when he, you know, snapped it in. So it's nice to see that coming together, too, in this game. So hopefully, like I said, you know, like Anna said, they're having fun. They're playing hockey. It's like, guys, this is something you have done most of your lives. Have fun doing it. Play the game and good things will happen don't so think. <laughs> mm, yeah well yeah don't get me started on that one <laughs> either uh gil and i've had discussions about that certain players uh but um you know it was nice to see them having fun and getting out there and just playing hockey it was nice to finally see mantha break through so hopefully he has just frustrated me because i know he can do this mm-hmm. he knows he can do this we've seen it Yep. He just needs to do it, you know, and it's just like in his head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and like you said, they know what the, they know what they are doing and not doing. They don't need the media to keep driving it into their heads. I mean, well, they're driving it into our heads too. Okay. So, I mean, but you know, you hear that over and over and over again, like Anna said, it's going to get in your head. So maybe now he's finally starting to just say, you know what, forget them. Mm-hmm. I'm going to play my game. I'm going to do this. I know how to do this. So fingers crossed he, cause he keeps going. Cause you know, I really liked when he came, he's, a, you know, I like him. I've met him after practice. He's a really nice guy, you know? Um, so as they keep this momentum going, like Robbie said, there's no reason to to tank the season. I don't think we should tank the season. I think we should see how far we can go, play as hard as we can, get as far as we can, leave it all on the ice and let the chips fall where they may. Mm-hmm. But we're going to have fun doing it. That's <laughs> what I want to see. I want to see us having fun. I want to see us playing hockey full 60 minutes and just see where, where it takes us. Yeah. I, I mean, that's kind of my mindset as well. So uh, but I know that different people have different opinions. You know, some people believe in the tank or do what's best for the future, or, or there's not. But 
uh, I, I like us continuing to build chemistry. At least uh, they can gain some experience for next year if this is the core team that we want to continue to take with us. And I think that we've kind of whittled our team down to a lot of the players. I mean, I think we might buy out a, a Mantha, but other than that, I think yeah. the team as it's currently constructed could be very similar to how it's constructed for next year. Yeah, and the so only, the only yeah. other change I see maybe they might, Sherry may move on. He's a UFA yeah. at the end of the season and he's I, yeah. I as much as I love the guy and he's been a favorite of mine since he's been here um he's just I don't think he's getting what he needs here anymore and I think he's I think he knows it so yeah. I I wouldn't be surprised to see him gone at the end of the season which will make me yeah. sad but you know at the end of the day he's got to do what's best for him too so. For sure. Well, we got only about five minutes left of this conversation. So I'm going to run down the upcoming schedule. Uh, we got a busy week and I'm going to let each one of you guys talk about one game that you're excited about this week. Um, uh, and then I will talk about whatever the fourth game is. Um, and uh, the, the options uh, are, we're going to go uh, at the New York Rangers on Tuesday. It's a seven o'clock game uh, to back to back against Buffalo, which I believe is like the second time that's happened. We've played Buffalo and the, mm-hmm. uh, the Rangers back to back. Though that time the Rangers was in Washington and then we went to Buffalo. This time we're mm-hmm. in uh, um, at the Rangers and then Buffalo is coming to us. So I'd rather the second half be at home. Uh, but, you know, it's an important two games that we need to win against division rivals. So it's Wednesday, March 15th. The Buffalo game is at seven and then a day off. And then on Friday, we play St. Louis blues also at home. It's a seven o'clock game. And then on Sunday, we're at Minnesota and that's a matinee game. It's a two o'clock in the afternoon game uh, for that one. Um, I'm going to start off with our guest C4 um, uh, between those four games at Rangers, Buffalo and St. Louis at home or at Minnesota, which game do you want to talk about? Oh, well, I actually would like to, well, I'm going to briefly skip around. I, I, I would like to see us beat Buffalo because I was actually at both the Rangers and Buffalo's games last time they played. So I was at the Rangers game in DC. Then I went up to Buffalo to the Buffalo game, which was a lot of fun, but I'm actually going to be at the St. Louis game. So St. Louis has actually been playing really well lately. And I think that's going to be a game. I, 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 I want to, I almost want to say it's going to be a, it could be a trap game, but I think it's a game we should win. We should be able to beat them. Of course, everything is a should happen. But I'm, I'm excited about that one, mostly because I'm going to be there. But I really would like to see us uh, take Buffalo back. Yeah, I would. Um, yeah, I, I would like that as well. I have to say, I loved your episode of uh, Power Play Point podcast where you were breaking down. I guess that was last week's episode um, mm-hmm. and going to that game. So if people missed that, they should definitely go back in the archives uh, and uh, check that breakdown. I thought it was a really cool. Sound like a cool place to go visit and it a is. cool atmosphere. And uh, so it was a lot uh, of fun. Yeah, so I enjoyed that breakdown. Uh, so people should go and check out that episode as well. Um, all right, Anna, you're next um, between uh, the Rangers game, the Buffalo game, and the Minnesota game. Which one do you want to talk about? Yeah, actually, I'm going Buffalo as well. I'm looking, you know, last two times it was a 5-4 loss and a 7-4 loss. It's our turn. It's mm-hmm. time. I want to see this, this uh, you know, what we've got going um, continue. And I'm never a fan of a matinee game. <laughs> so, no. 
Yep. Not, I mean, it's great if you're a fan because of the time, but um, I just find like those are just brutal games for the Capitals for whatever reason. Yes. And um, all right. And then uh, Gil, you get to choose between the Minnesota game in Minnesota uh, or the Rangers game. So the two road games uh, this week, uh, the seven o'clock Rangers Tuesday game or the two o'clock Sunday Minnesota game. Which one do you want to talk about? Well, so <clears throat> pardon me. We've already seen what they can do uh, against the Rangers. And I, I don't think, honestly, I don't think the Rangers are all that good this year as, as opposed to last year. I, I've said that and I'll stick by that. So we'll talk about Minnesota. Um, I think in a lot of ways they're parallel to the Caps. So this is going to be, a, I think they match up very well, but the Minnesota does a lot of things uh, that, that the Caps do well as, you know, also. And of course, uh, Marcus Johansson's on that team. So, you know, he's going to be licking his chops, trying to, you know, do a one-up on his old team uh, because I, I don't think he was expected that trade at all. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's going to be a very interesting game. I think it's going to be a good litmus test for how they actually are doing and whether or not they're playoff worthy. So uh, more than any of the other games, even though that Buffalo game is going to be very you know, contested uh, that 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 Saturday, that Sunday afternoon game is going to be uh, one to watch, I think, for sure. Uh, I don't know how it's going to go. Could go either way, especially if, uh, well, both goalies on the wild are very hot. So if, if the Caps aren't on their A game shooting wise, this could go south in a hurry. But you, you never know. It's it's that's toss up game, but it's one they have to have. So I'm looking forward to another great effort. All right, that leaves me with the Rangers game. So I'm just going through how the Rangers have done so far in March. Starting at March 1st at Philadelphia, they won 3-2. They lost in Ottawa, or they lost to Ottawa in New York. Uh, then they lost to Boston 4-2 in Boston. They were able to beat Montreal 4-3, beat Buffalo 2-1, and then lost to Pittsburgh 3-2 in their last game on Sunday. And then they come into this um, uh, game uh, again Tuesday against us. And then they play Pittsburgh two more times this week on Thursday and Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- th- it's pretty crazy to play Pittsburgh three times in a week. Um, and uh, so the way that the standings looks right now, uh, the Rangers have 84 points and the Pittsburghs have 78. So they're very close in the standing. So obviously we kind of need the Rangers to beat Pittsburgh both times and kind of have to hope for the Rangers to get you know, one of those top three spots. I know Gil doesn't think they're very good, but it's important that they stay out of the wild card and they push Pittsburgh out of the wild card as well. If we're trying to hope to get in there because um, we need Pittsburgh to lose every game kind of you know, here on. Yeah, out. pretty much. And because uh, we are now seven points behind Pittsburgh, the Islanders are only five points ahead of us. And we'll play the Islanders uh, another time, I believe, as well. So we play, um, is that right? I think we play them in, uh, yeah, we do. Uh, we play them on Monday, April uh, 10th. So that'll be the last Monday night game that we cover live on air uh, before the playoffs. Um, and we also play um, Wednesday, March 29th in Washington as well against the Islanders. So those are some important head-to-head games that will be coming up for sure. Um, but I, we obviously, we have to take care of business and beat, you know, win all the games really this week if we want to have a chance at this. And we got to hope that the Rangers turn around and beat Pittsburgh a couple of times uh, and the Islanders lose a couple of games. If so, we can find ourselves in position next week to continue to move up in the standings. We just kind of have to take it week by week at this point. 
game by game. Yeah, exactly. Um, One game at a time, boys. I'll I'll invite you back, C4, to talk about the game that you're going to next week if you are available. But there is no pressure. But let let us know. Um, You don't have to make a decision right this second. But uh, hopefully we can maybe see you back next week and we can do another one. Uh, Next week's episode is going to be a really fun one. It'll be our seven-year anniversary of doing the show. Um, So that'll be really fun. We'll have lots of guests on from all seven years and um and so it'll be a longer show um i'm trying to make this only two and a half hours tonight because it is my wife's birthday uh but that one will probably (laughs) go three uh just because of the nature of it uh but um uh welcome uh stream scribe in the chat uh it's nice to see you um we got a lot of people in twitch chat a bunch of people also uh tuning in um on our facebook live as well so i really appreciate everyone for tuning in for tonight's show and then obviously uh next week will be the last episode of season seven we'll take a week off uh for my spring break and then we'll come back uh, with the beginning of season eight uh at the start of april when baseball season comes back and we have even more sports to talk about uh, <laughs> if that's possible um uh, but i don't know how you do it yeah, <laughs> Cheryl, and I'm going to let you go uh, first, but any final uh, things you want to let our fans know and um, any thoughts <laughs> before we let you go? Um, just don't give up on these guys. I mean, even if we don't make up the playoffs this year, don't give up on these guys. I think the next couple years could be a struggle. Um, I think this is going to be a true test of our fan base over the next couple of years. Um because a lot of these fans came on in 2007, 2008, and then on into 2000, you know, and then especially after 2018, when we won the cup. So they don't know the bad years, the lean years, all the years before that most of us older fans are now. So just stick with these guys. We'll get through it. Whatever happens, you know, we're going to have frost spots. It's not all going to be roses and confetti, right? So just that's the only thing I got to say, just don't give up on these guys, stick with them and, you know, good things will come. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, thank you so much C4 for joining us tonight well, and, uh, and hopefully we'll uh, see you next week. And um, I right. hope that you have a great week and uh, hopefully the caps will get some victories for us. Thanks. You too. I will let you know about next week as soon as I check my calendar. Sounds good. Awesome. All Have right. a good one. All right. Good night. Bye. Take care. Bye, Bye, Cheryl. You too. Good night, Gil. Good night, Anna. Good night. Nice to see you all again. Bye. You too. See you. And uh, Anna, we'll let you go next. I know that you've got a busy day with all the uh, uh, the stuff, you know, um, with the school and everything like that. But let me know uh, any final thoughts before we let you go. Yeah, I think Cheryl Ann subbed it up perfectly. Let's just, let's do it. We'll ride this team out, you know, who cares? Like we're, we're in we're in for the good, the bad, and the ugly is how I see it. So I'm looking yeah. forward to this week. I think it's good. You know, they're going to be great games and, and hopefully everyone's in a good mindset. Yep. And Gil, any final thoughts before I let you go? Well, uh, I'd be uh, remiss in uh, not mentioning this, uh, but uh, I was actually on uh, another podcast last night uh, while I was uh, mixing up our episode. Uh, it's called the Sudden Death Sports Podcast. Um, it's hosted by a gentleman by the name of Nicholas Earl and co-hosted by a guy I've had on our podcast a few times, Jacob Michael, uh, who used to play uh, a hockey at uh, certain levels and the amateur level. 
Um, and uh, we discussed, uh, well, the Eastern Conference as a whole, but the, the Caps fortunes, uh, Jake and I, uh, both being fans of the Caps, uh, kind of went back and forth, uh, kind of a more realistic, less optimistic take on how things are, but you know, still, still kind of you know, looking towards and the future. So hopefully everybody can catch that. I'm going to post a link to that on the, uh, on the Facebook page. Um, and I have to echo uh, the two ladies' sentiments also. Um, <clears throat> pardon me. They, this is going to be a fun team to watch. And I think as long as they continue to bring the compete level, it's going to be a fun team to watch. Let's be realistic though. They're going to have to be, they're going to have to be uh, hotter than the habanero at, in C4's drink to catch fire and make the playoffs. But I mean, even if they don't, again, like they said, it's going to be fun to watch. And I think at the end of the day, that's, you know, that's the best we can hope for. And it's, it's going to be good hockey. It's going to be fun hockey to watch. So yeah, like they said, stick around and, and, you know, keep your hearts with this team. Interesting. I, I want to say Bernie is giving me Intel through an instant messenger. I wasn't checking my uh, Facebook uh, messenger, uh, but he said Buffalo with three goal third period. Um, and um, uh, Alex uh, is back with Buffalo with two goals. Sabres up four, two against Toronto Kasparov is hurt for the wild ranger games on espn and disney channel interesting yeah um, that there was games on disney channel so lots of fun yeah. facts in that well that- i can tell you avalanche is up eight four over the canadians and 637 left in the third yeah wow <laughs> interesting all righty well lots of fun hockey still yet to be played and we'll have a lot more to talk about next week but thank you all three of you so much for joining me Sounds good. Thank you so much. Have a great Thanks, week. Thanks, Robbie. Have a good night. Thanks, Robbie. Bye. Go Caps. Bye. Go Caps. All right. With that, I'm going to switch over to our DC's uh, Defenders logo. We're going to bring in DC's Faithful's champ right now. Um, we're going to talk a little abbreviated Defenders talk. I know we're getting into this segment a little bit late, but that's fine. Um, we, we'll just do a sh- slightly shorter Wizards segment when we get to that uh, time um, in the uh, show. But uh, Champ, how are you doing tonight? I'm well, I'm well, I'm well. Uh, defenders looking really, really good. They're looking like world beaters so far this season, but there's still uh, six more games to go. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, for sure. Um, let me, so I'm just making sure that all my logos are up and everything is changed. I also wanted to share something with myself real quick. Hold on, participants. And, um, where are we? Here we are. Sorry, I want to be able to share a couple of things uh, later on in the show. All right, so this game, uh, champ, it's been was a very exciting uh, defenders game. Um, the defenders started off really hot, and then they kind of um, fell off a little bit in the second quarter, uh, and then they almost got themselves into hot water with a, a touchdown late at the end of the first half. Uh, but it was called back in a five second runoff. Uh, what are your, th- your thoughts on the first half of this game? Uh, the first half, I want to tell you the ironic thing. We played Vegas twice, and both games were marred by rain and sloppy, slippery conditions, and it really mostly benefited the the defenders more than it did Vegas. Now, the first half was very, very, uh, it was very, it seemed like it was very, very cautious for the defenders, but it's clear that they they wanted to establish that their offensive identity is to run the ball right? That was their offensive identity. And that's what they were able to do. They were able to get up first. They were able to get up early 
and they were able to Champ, stay Champ, in the can league. You just, can you flick your camera on and off for a second? It's doing the flicker thing again. I'm see. not messing with my camera. It just seems like it's only Zoom that it does. I know, it doesn't I do it anywhere know. else but Zoom. And I'm like, I, I don't. And look, it immediately goes to it. Yeah, it's whenever I talk, which is frustrating. It, it screws it up. But um, we may have to just install a new Zoom client on yours because I was reading about a bug. But anyway, it's all good. Um, but uh, but yeah. But but, but I'm, I will say, like I said, the first the first half. Uh, clearly, like you know, they, they're they're very familiar with each other, having played already before in Vegas. So it wasn't like they were, you know, they they were trying anything that they probably didn't know before. But it just seemed like the defenders were a lot less sloppy in the first half than they were in that first game against Vegas, where they were very sloppy in that first half and had to basically come from behind. They had a stat on the broadcast that said that uh, the defenders have always trailed at the half. And yet they were at the point that point three and oh, whereas Vegas has always been in the lead after two quarters, but they had one. So it's funny that that ended up happening where it flipped and the defenders were leading uh, 14 to six after two after two quarters. And we know what the result was, but this was a much better fourth quarter for the for the defenders than it would be for um, than it was on their first game against Vegas. Yeah, it's interesting because. Um... The Vegas team has been up all three of the first uh, games that they played and lost them. And the defenders have either been tied or down in all the first three games and have come back and won. So it's been a tale of two very different halves for these two teams. Uh, but I was happy to see that the defenders you know, played a really smart uh, third quarter. Uh, and then obviously um, they seem to let some of these teams like hang around at the very end, but they're able to shut down this uh, fourth and 15 play. If you're, if you're new to the XFL, they get one shot uh, from their own 25 yard line to try to convert a fourth and 15. If you do, you get to keep the ball. Um, and uh, it, it's, it's very exciting. The battle Hawks are so far the only team to convert on it. Um, but uh, I'm happy to see the last two weeks, uh, the defenders were able to sniff it out uh, and, and able to take advantage of that. Uh, Champ, what are some of your thoughts on the second half play? Well, there was one thing I forgot to mention in the first half, and the fact, and that was the fact that Vegas, on their very first play, they had the opening possession on their very first play, fumbled the ball, and then Washington with four, with DC with four running plays, ended up scoring a touchdown. And I think that's what took Vegas's heart. But then when you look at the second half. And the second half was a, was just a different, different. Uh, it was very different for the defenders. It was a lot of uh, a lot of points scored. Uh, they even had a, uh, on. They even had an interview with uh, the OC in the middle of the game where he admitted, like, once they started getting up, he did get a little bit more conservative. But it was working because they were scoring points. They were scoring field goals. They were scoring touchdowns, and they even had a very big interception that happened. Uh, granted, the guy did fall down. <laughs> Poor guy, he slipped and fell, and and the DB was able to turn into a receiver and just catch it with ease. I think what marked that play though was that the block they had a low block and they got penalized for that, but it didn't it didn't deter them because they literally on a fourth and two got a beautiful rub route which caused a broken coverage and homeboy was more he was so wide open I could have made that throw and I'm 40 years old and 230 pounds and even I could have made that throw uh he that's how wide open he was and that basically iced the game for Vegas they were there was no coming back after that one they did they did try to make it a game but at that point it was just too little too late and um 
after making the field goal, they were able to uh, stop Vegas, and that was it. It was a, a huge win for this team. Huge win. Yeah, for sure. Um, so next week, uh, we've got a big game uh, against the Battle Hawks. And so the Battle Hawks um, were, are, are the team is three and one. They've only lost to us. Uh, but champ, what are some of your thoughts that they had an incredible showing in their first home game with over 30,000 people, and it's going to be rowdy against us as well. Let me tell you something that site that when they showed that video and I saw that site, I said, yeah, we are definitely going into hostile territory when we head to St. Louis next week, because they haven't seen a live professional football game in years and they came out ready for it and i know they're not just going to just come out for the one game and then just say eh because the team's playing well so and they're going to support the team especially when they're playing well so of course they're going to be out there in full force now are they going to are they a better fan base than our fan base this may sound biased i don't care but no they're not (laughs) like the, the dc defenders fan base is the best fan base they were out there in the cold rain still making a beer snake and going crazy the only thing i didn't like was the throwing of the lemons though i didn't like that at all anyway but this this game has a lot on it because these are the top two teams in the in the xfl right now one of two of the top teams in the xfl right now they ended their last game very contentiously to the point three players got got ejected and suspended so there's going to be bad blood they're going to be on their home turf with their home crowd rowdy as crap and it's going to be a tough one but the office has to establish that identity that they established in this game against Vegas. They're a, they're a grounded pound team. They're good at running the ball. They have a ta- they have talented running backs and they have quarterbacks that are extremely mobile and they have this great design RPOs and and quarterback draws that work very well. So as long as they can stick to that game plan but do also mix in the pass as well because those quarterbacks can throw as well, I think that they can remain undefeated and really set themselves apart from the rest of the XFL uh, teams. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, This is going to be such a big game. This is kind of like a big-time rivalry. Uh, It's going to be on uh, Saturday night at 7 o'clock, I believe. Um, Yeah, that's prime time. Yeah, I think it's on FX. I'm just double-checking that right now. Um, But, uh, yeah, let me just double-check that before I – Say so this week, um, there is a game on Thursday between the Roughnecks, who are four and zero, and what many believe to be the number one team uh, in the XFL against the Sea Dragons, a two and two team. That game is on ESPN at ten thirty on Thursday, and then on Saturday, the first game is that Defenders versus Battlehawks game. It's a seven o'clock start on FX or ESPN plus, if you want to watch it on mobile or on streaming uh, again, we're four now we're going into three and one. And uh, I hope that some of our fans travel because it sounds like a really cool arena. Uh, and we seem to have a pretty loyal fan base. It'll be interesting to see how many people are willing to travel for a team. Uh, but um, it's, uh, it's going to be a tough one for sure. Uh, and then after that game is the guardians versus the Vipers, the battle of the two Oh and four teams. So you know that that's going to be a dog fight because you know, no one wants to be Oh and five. Um, so, and, and both teams have been so close in so many games to wins that they're both like right on that cusp. And so that'll be a 10 o'clock game on FX. And then on Sunday, um, at 9 PM on ESPN two, um, uh, it's a battle for Texas, uh, the Renegades versus, is it the Brahmas? I don't even know. Yeah, the Brahmas. The Brahmas. Just 
a type of uh, cattle, I found out. Anyway, uh, so um, Arlington Renegades, which may as well be called Dallas Renegades, um, uh, versus um, it's uh, Houston uh, has a team here. Um, and, um, uh, or no, it's San Antonio, right? Is it San, it's San Antonio. Yeah, San Antonio. Fun, fun, funny fact, the funny irony about that is there's a team in here called the Brahmas. When the one of the people who owned this league, The Rock, that was one of his nicknames was the Brahma Bull. I right. find that absolutely ironic. Well, and it's interesting because I believe that they're actually based this whole entire league out of Texas. A lot of people don't realize this, but all of the players fly back to Texas for practice and to live, you know, so they don't actually live in the city that they represent, unlike every other sports team that I know. Um, so I thought that was kind of an interesting fact that it's not like um, the DC defenders, all of them live here or anything. So that must make for some contentious flights uh, if they run into each other at the airports and stuff like that so um i just thought that's kind of an interesting that the whole league is owned by one company and they're all based in basically one city you know down in texas uh, but it's been a really exciting first four weeks um in the league uh if people don't realize is 10 weeks in the regular season the semifinals is the april 29th to may 6th uh, in the championship game um so anyway there'll be one semifinal on saturday and one on sunday on the 29th and 30th and then the championship game uh, is going to be on the 13th of May uh, at 8 p.m. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's an exciting uh, kind of um, – uh, I, I really enjoyed the XFL so far. I've been watching a lot of their games, um, and uh, I hope that other people will give them a chance and tune in as well. Uh, we're going to bring in the rest of our roundtable, and we're going to switch gears here uh, for uh, some Wizards talk um and uh welcome in tim how are you doing tonight tim doing great how are you guys doing uh, we're doing good um yeah some visual glitches but you know we make do um it's we used to be a web streaming we'll talk about you know seven years ago people would just call in uh to a phone number so it's still easier i think in a lot of ways than that uh oh but, my god uh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah no it's easier than those days <laughs> yeah I, I i i like zoom better so could yeah, be worse. Talk, blog talk radio suck. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. Yeah, both Champ and I both had a uh, a show uh, on the same network, True Radio Network, which we still represent. And uh, uh, I'm happy that we've uh, moved on to other platforms and you know, Twitch and Zoom and uh, all sorts of different other things. But um, uh, so we're going to also bring in Arun here. How are you doing tonight, Arun? Uh, not bad, uh, considering how bad the Wizards week was. Yeah, it's, we're going to make this one a pretty quick Wizards talk. Um, we're going to do it uh, in about 20 minutes, and usually we do it about 40 minutes. So we're going to uh, do an abbreviated one here. Let me see if I can share my screen real fast. We'll kind of get right into it. Um, let's see if this works. When I click over here, that button. All right, and Champ, if you want to just turn off your camera when you're off air and on, it seems to work when you're talking. So we're going to try that too. Whatever works. I'm not. Uh, um, I and, think after this one, I'm going to uninstall and reinstall Zoom and see what happens next week. Yeah, I, I looked it up online. And they said that that was the fix. There's like the driver gets corrupted or something. So anyway, um, 
but I, I only found that recently. I probably should have told you that yesterday. <laughs> but anyway, it's fine. We'll we'll have it figured out for next week. Um, and it's like you're calling in with occasional video. Um, all right, so let's go into last week's games. Um, it's uh, starting off with uh, we, we have four games to break down. So we were in the middle of like a ton of games in a very short period of time when we last left off. Uh, we had a, a game on Tuesday, February 28th against the Hawks. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through all four games kind of quickly, and then I'm going to let each one of you guys break down one game that you want to talk about uh, more in depth, and then we'll talk about the week ahead. And same thing, each one of you guys can break down a game that you want to talk about. Uh, just go a little bit faster, and then we can get into some March Madness talk. We are having a special guest, hopefully, rating in uh, as well. Um, and uh, we'll talk about more about him when we get to that segment. Um, all right, so the first game is against the Hawks. Uh, it was a close game. It was tied at the end of one. They took a two-point lead. Or sorry, they don't have lead. the Pistons game on there. You're 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 looking right. at the wrong week. Am I? Hold yeah. On. There you go, Pistons. Oh yeah. There you oh, go. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, no, I, I was the wrong. I was the other Hawks game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. You're right. No, 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 I got you. It didn't refresh. You, you know I got you. you okay. I got you, brother. There you go. Uh, the, the, Right, we did beat the Pistons in a one-game kind of road swing that we took. That we were at home for a bunch of games, then we went away, um, and we we won a game that we had to win. So we were up by three in the first. Uh, then, unfortunately, the Pistons uh, came back strong, uh, outscored us in the second. The Wizards outscored the Pistons in the third, and they outscored them just by one in the fourth to hold on to a one nineteen one seventeen victory. A game which a lot of the players in the Wizards thought that we shouldn't have even won. Um, but, uh, it, it was a close game and it was a game that we had to win, uh, for sure. Uh, then the next game was that, that was the close Hawks game. Oh, wait, is that right? Yeah. That's the close Hawks game from this week. Um, uh, the Atlanta Hawks come out to a very early lead, uh, outscored them by six. Uh, and then they come back, the wizards, uh, outscored them, um, you know, by nine, uh, in the second, um, and they outscored them by one in the third. Uh, but unfortunately, they kind of fall apart in the fourth. And um, yeah, they fall 32 to 26 in that fourth quarter and fall in the game 122 to 120 uh, in, in a close and exciting game. Uh, but unfortunately, we kind of needed to win this Wednesday, Friday, you know, um, mini series, if you want to call it that. Uh, and the second game was even worse. Uh, the Wizards did take the lead in the first. Again, uh, the Hawks outscored by 11 in the second outscored by four in the third and the wizards made it a little bit of a closer game in the fourth but still uh the hawks were able to win that game 114 to 107 uh so things are kind of going downhill quickly and in the game that i was pretty convinced we were going to always lose uh this week uh, against the 76ers the 76ers came out strong outscored us by eight in the first uh the wizards made it a little bit closer in the second outscored by three uh, the 76ers pulled away again, outscored by seven, uh, and then they outscored them by seven once again uh, in the fourth quarter to pull away with a 112 to 93 victory. And uh, Champ, I'm going to start with you. Um, uh, which game do you want to talk about? Well, I want to talk about the Hawks games because I said on this podcast last week, I said those were the two games you absolutely had to win in order to give yourself a chance to at least get into the play-in tournament. And not only did they not win those games, they lost them in very close fashion because of 
They just did not execute fully where they needed to execute. And that was where the issue lied. They needed to win those two games. They needed them because right now that, Right now, they're not. They even if the, if the season were to end today because of a tiebreaker, they're out completely because the Bulls have a better conference record than we do. So we're out completely. So these two games were critical for the Wizards to have even a remote chance to make the playoffs. And now that remote chance to make the playoffs is now pretty much almost gone, if not completely gone. And it started with beating the Hawks, at least. We knew we were going to beat the Pistons. That was the game that was uh, rescheduled. So we had to play the rescheduled game because they got stuck in Texas. Won that one. But then they just fell apart. And, it, and the Hawks games were the ones that they needed to win the most, and they didn't. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Tim, what are some of your thoughts on this week? Yeah, I'll talk about the second um, Hawks game the most just because that was the one that I went to. I... I I just think this Wizards team, I mean, clearly they could have had a much better record if they just held on to leads and finished games. And I think there's something kind of wrong with them in the in the clutch. Um, you know, they're basically leading her in most games, it seems like, but Bradley Beal and uh, other players at the end just can't kind of hit a big shot. And it just felt like, this Wizards game was the same. You know, they were in it most of the game, but they can't hit a big shot. And I just think, you know, maybe it's it's been injuries. It's been a lot of things, but this team just doesn't seem to have what it takes in the clutch. And I don't know what it is, but, um, you know, they they just don't have a great bench. They don't have a lot of depth. And this game was disappointing because I they could have had both of these Atlanta games, but – they didn't win either, and I, I just think also the home advantage isn't great. There's also there's always a lot of road fans, so it's just tough. But um, you know, at least we can talk about the uh, tank situation. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Arun, uh, is there a specific game that you want to talk about? Yeah, I'll talk about the Pistons game, given that was the only win. Uh, Beal shot 14 of 21 from the field, and he had 32 points got to the free throw line five times. And then um, Porzingis actually fouled out of this game. He finished with 24 points, but it came off of a missed Bradley Beal shot. Gafford got a rebound. He was being outplayed by Wiseman, who um, the Pistons recently acquired from the Golden State Warriors. He's the number two overall pick or um, something like that for the Warriors. And um, he had a great game against Gafford and for most of the fourth quarter Gafford was benched and then they brought him in just because Porzingis fouled out. He's able to hit a game winner um, and the Wizards were able to uh, beat the Pistons. Um, looked like things were looking up after this win for the Wizards because even though the Pistons are a bad team, um, the Wizards were in the middle of the stretch where they're playing four games in five nights. Um, so I guess the first Hawks loss was more that they, they were the fourth game of a back-to-back four, four games in five nights. Um, but overall, just a disappointing stretch. And right now, the Wizards, if the season ended today, they would have the number seven overall pick. And they could, if they keep losing like the way they are, they could end up with like the fifth or sixth uh, best lottery odds. And 
maybe they would um, have like a uh, 14 to 20% chance of landing a top four um, pick. And there's this French guy who's like the next Kevin Durant. He's seven foot four, Victor Wembenyama. Um, the Wizards, if they aren't going to compete for a play-in game, they, um, this guy's being hyped up as the best player since um, LeBron James to come out of the draft. So um, it's not a bad draft for the Wizards to tank. If they were to get the number one overall pick, it would probably be a franchise-altering move. Yeah, for sure. Well, I want to welcome in our Raiders um, surprise raid uh, by Ryan That E Flat Guy. He's actually going to be uh, joining our um, our call here in just a couple of moments. Um, so we're just uh, looking ahead at the upcoming schedule of the Wizards, and then we're um, uh, going to switch into some March Madness talk. And uh, Ryan's going to be joining us uh, for that. And I want to thank him for the resub, and I want to thank. Uh, Andy, uh, for the gift sub uh, earlier uh, on in the stream, I appreciate that as well. So uh, I appreciate everyone for tuning in and, and being a part of it. Uh, Ryan, I hope that you had a wonderful music stream uh, leading up to this, and I appreciate you rating in and being a part of this stream, talking March Madness in just a couple of moments with us. Um, we're going to just uh, finish up our uh, wizard segment real quick, and then we'll we'll switch gears uh, after that, um, I'm going to go through the upcoming week real fast, and then I'm going to let each one of you guys uh, take a game that you want to talk about. Uh, we play the Pistons one more time, this time in Washington tomorrow uh, at 7 p.m. Uh, we also, on uh, Friday, uh, March 17th, uh, we play at 7.30 um, against the Cavaliers. And then uh, that game is in uh, Cleveland. Um, and then uh, we play the Kings uh, in Washington on Saturday, and that's an eight o'clock game. Uh, so those are the upcoming three games. Uh, I'll start off with you, Champ. Uh, which game do you want to talk about? Uh, I want to talk about the Pistons game mm -hmm. because I feel like that's that's another game that they 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 should win. They should win every game that they have from here on out. They should win, and they gotta win if they want to have any chance of even sniffing the playoffs and it starts with the Pistons who they've already were able to beat, even though it took a last second shot from Daniel Gafford to beat one of the worst teams in the Eastern conference and in the NBA this time they're at home. They should absolutely turn up and absolutely run away with this, but I feel like they will not, they will win it, but I feel like it's going to be another nail biter of a game and it shouldn't be a nail biter because the Pistons, they do, they have some, a couple of pieces on there, but they're, they're clearly by the record, they're not playing very well and they should be able to take advantage of that. Yeah. I, I hope that they are able to, if they want to make a run for at least even playing in the play in games, uh, this is a very important game uh, to that effect. Um, all right, Tim, between the Kings game and the Cavaliers game, which game do you want to break down? Uh, I'll break down the Kings game just because I think um, <clears throat> I, I think the Wizards will probably lose this game because Sacramento is uh, playing really well this year and they're likely to make the playoffs and break their streak. Um, also, I think it's interesting that the game is at eight o'clock, probably uh, it's national or something like that, but um Normally, this is a game that I would say the Wizards would win because Sacramento has been bad for a long time, but not this year. Um, they have a lot of good players. They have Kevin Herter um, on the team from University of Maryland, so he's making a little bit of a homecoming. But um, 
I just think this is going to be really a tough game after the back-to-back coming back from Cleveland. Um, but you never know. I mean, the Wizards definitely need this game um, to make any sort of run. I just don't. I just don't see it with uh, all the games that they're playing, and um, they're just not playing very well. But it should be a, a decent game. Um, just very tough. Yeah. All right, uh, Arun, break down the final game for us. Um, yeah, I'll break down the Cavaliers game. The last time the Wizards played the Cavaliers, um, they got to overtime. Uh, they made like the last, like they were, I think they were down like eight to 10 points with like two or three minutes to go. So they pulled, like normally the Wizards have given up huge leads. They've actually, the Wizards have actually given up the most 15 point lead losses this season. Uh, but if they're going to uh, make the playoffs, this is the kind of team that they're going to play and they're probably going to play even better teams if they actually win the play-in tournament. They'll probably play the Celtics or the um, Bucks. So if they're actually going to make a decent run in the playoffs, which is playoffs, like Jim Mora <laughs> quotation, <laughs> um, they're going to have to beat like a team like the Cavaliers who are the number four seed Otherwise, what's the point of even getting in the play-in tournament Like, if they can't beat a playoff-caliber team like Cleveland because they're going to be playing uh, potential conference or NBA finals contenders like the um, Milwaukee Bucks or Boston Celtics or Philadelphia 76ers who they're just blown out by. So uh, we'll see what the Wizards have in store in the road game in Cleveland. Yeah, for sure. All right, well, let me – I'm going to stop the screen share there for just a second. Um, and then we'll come back to it. I appreciate you guys breaking it down. Uh, Champ, I'm going to switch the graphic for you real quickly. Um, if you'd like to try to turn your camera just for the, your No Spots segment, you can. Um, and let people know what's happening in the No Spots podcast this week. All right. So this week on No Spots, we have, of course, uh, the New Japan recap, uh, New Japan Cup recap coming up on Thursday where we will be recapping uh, the upcoming second round matches that are taking place this week. Uh, some very interesting results and things like that. And then we'll look ahead to the quarterfinals, semifinals, and finals, which are all taking place next week. And then on Saturday, we will be, myself and Sith, we'll be talking about everything that's happened this week in wrestling. And we will have a little countdown uh, that I won't reveal right now, but we will reveal it uh, upcoming on Saturday. But just as a little bit of a spoiler, it's not it's 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 a list of something that's not good. So that's all I'll say about it. But make sure you check us out on twitch.tv slash true no spots pod and make sure you check us out by going to sportsothp.com, click the partners button, and make sure you check out our audio podcast and make sure you listen to all the episodes in the archives. Sounds good. All right. Well, Ryan, if you want to click the link, I've sent it to you in Discord uh, for you to join um the march madness that would uh we could get you started but champ i appreciate you as always being a part of the team um and uh, i'm excited to have you as part of the show next week to celebrate seven years and uh we'll we'll talk to you throughout the week sayonara all right i appreciate that and uh let me switch graphics again here um and uh we'll, we'll bring in um uh Ryan, whenever he is ready, I'm going to also send him a quick little message on uh, here just to make sure that he sees it there as well. Um, hold on. Yeah. 
see if that works as well. So, all right. Um, but we can, uh, we're going to take a look at the bracket uh, tonight. And I know that uh, Rune and Tim and I have uh, done many March Madness brackets together throughout the years, including Rune. Some of our very first conversations on this podcast uh, seven years ago was all about March Madness. Um, I'm super excited that the Aggies have made it. Um uh, into this year's dance. I It was interesting to see Carolina not make it, and they're the first AP uh, preseason number one team to not make it in a, a very, very long time, um, and they actually rejected their bid for the NIT, um, and uh, so I thought that was kind of interesting, um, but I'm going to get each one of your guys' initial thoughts on um uh, going into this March Madness bracket, and then we'll start to break down the bracket itself once we get um, Ryan in here. But uh, Arun, what are some of your thoughts on the bracket so far? Yeah, this year, more than any, it's more wide open than any time I remember. You mentioned North Carolina to make the tournament near the Villanova. Um, Duke is like a number five seed. Um, so like the number one seeds, Alabama, Houston, Kansas, Purdue, um, they there's no real powerhouse this year. Um, uh, the number three overall pick for Alabama, he's uh, pretty good, but the I just think it's pretty wide open. There's no like um, dominant team. Uh, Houston last year got to the Elite Eight. Uh, they lost to Villanova, Kansas. Uh, they cut down the Nets last year, but they're not returning the same players and so it'll be interesting to see um what how the tournament goes especially uh duke is playing maybe duke should have been higher than number five seed given that they won the acc tournament uh but um it'll be interesting to see if like teams like michigan state can outperform like in the past they've typically outperformed their seeding so it'll be a pretty wide open tournament and we'll, we'll let uh, tim get his thoughts yeah, Tim, what were some of your thoughts on the initial bracket when it was released? Yeah, I thought um, Arun's right. There is a lot of parity. You could see a lot of teams going all the way. I think a lot of people um, agreed that Alabama was the top seed for this tournament, but obviously they have a lot of questions about murders and uh, legal things. But um, – yeah, I mean, most years, I think you have a couple teams that get all the bets. You have a few number one seeds that are clearly uh, the favorites to go to the Final Four, and you don't really have that this year. Um, a lot of people think the Midwest bracket is really wide open. Um, but, yeah, I mean, a couple other things. I, I've heard a lot of people like Penn State and UConn kind of as um, – Sleeper picks. I I know UConn didn't go as far as the big in the Big East tournament, but um, a lot of people like their draw. And then just people like what Penn State did in the Big Ten tournament, getting to the final and almost winning. And a lot of people think that um, they're underseeded. I guess one other team. Just last thing. I hate them, but um, being a University of Richmond fan, but I think VCU is underseeded. They're like a 12 seed. I think they're a very good 12 seed uh, to win the Atlantic 10, you know, have a great season and win the tournament. So if you're looking for a good 12 seed to bet, I would go VCU. 
But um, yeah, th- those are my initial thoughts. Yeah. All right. Well, welcome, Ryan, officially into into um, the video side of things. Um, how was your stream uh, tonight? It was a lot of fun. Just had uh, some open requests and uh, actually tried out some uh, some new songs tonight, which was pretty fun. Um, so you might see them on the song list later. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm happy to hear that it was a uh, fun stream. Um, I, I asked both these guys uh, what their initial thoughts on the bracket when they first came out was. So what were some of your initial uh, takeaway when you saw the bracket? Um, I had been, you know, kind of watching the, the, what do you call it? The bubble projections, if you will, pretty closely. So, um, for me, the only kind of surprise was Rutgers being left out uh, of the tournament. Um, and um, uh, a little bit confused about uh, Clemson being left out of the tournament, but also expected them to be. I think, I don't know, I just kind of feel that the people selecting the teams they're not really looking, I don't know how much of the games they're watching and they're relying pretty heavily on just like looking at the season as a whole. And if you think about it, like the college teams, they don't really get like a preseason. I mean, like maybe they schedule one or two, like, you know, lower division opponents or whatever, but, but they don't really get a preseason. So I feel like a lot of like the early season stuff is not as, indicative of the team is like some of the later season stuff but uh clemson i guess did have a few um bad losses so um and i'm sorry i uh i might have lost the beginning of the talk because i was kind of shuffling around getting ready um to be on but um i was just gonna say you know we've got i'm excited for the big dance and uh there's a dress code this year with uh with no heels being in the tournament this year so <laughs> but on your dancing shoes but uh but but no no heels you gotta be careful about what kind of footwear you got <laughs> i did i did open with them being one of the first teams to be an ap a preseason number one to not make it into the dance in a very 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 long time so um uh, ryan knows i am a tar heels fan so i think that was maybe a dig at me um <laughs> not but, so much a dig at you just just, <laughs> just a dig in just general. a dig at the tar heels in general right, right exactly no, you, uh, you just have the unfortunate uh <laughs> association of of being a fan right well, they, they've, they've won a lot of times so i will remind they, you they have that. yes so. yes they have yeah, and I, I have been happy at the end of a bunch of seasons here on uh, the last seven years, so that's good at least. Uh, yeah. But and so is Arun. I mean, um, you know, he, he uh, I, was it the first season or the second season? It was pretty early on, right? That Villanova won it the all. First season, yeah, it was, like yeah, the first couple episodes. Yeah, that was pretty cool. So, um, uh, but all right, let's we're going to do an abbreviated March Madness this year. Some years we've literally gone and broken down every single game it's a lot and it can sometimes be hours long, which I appreciate the conversation, but I also appreciate that it's my wife's birthday and I don't necessarily want to be here for another two hours. Um, as fun as that would be. Uh, so t- this time we're going to do it a little bit differently than we have in the past. So I'm going to uh, share my screen uh, once again, and I'm going to show you guys how uh, we're going to break it all down. Uh, we're going to switch from wizards over here to the March madness screen. We're going to break down uh, different sections here of the bracket Uh, and talk about them in groups of four games, eight teams. Um, And then I'll let each one of you guys pick a game uh, that you guys want to talk about 
Um, and, um, and that way you don't have to break down every game and you guys can talk about the games that mean more to you. Uh, and then hopefully that can help us still have a well-rounded conversation uh, about it. But if, if multiple of you guys want to talk about the same game, totally fine with that as well. I don't feel the pressure. Uh, we have a lot of games to break down. So it's, you know, I'm not going to, we don't all have to come up with our own in this scenario. Uh, let's talk about the top of the South bracket first. Uh, it's got Alabama, um, you know, who won the SEC tournament big against uh, the Aggies. If you missed the top of the show, I am wearing, I married into this uh, Texas A&M Aggies uh, shirt. Uh, I went to the University of Pennsylvania. We rarely make the dance, uh, but the Aggies also rarely make the dance, um, but they're a big football team. And so part of my vows with Liz when I got married to her was that I would take the Aggies for better or worse. And she would take uh, what we now call the commanders or once the Redskins in the vows uh, for better or worse. Um, and uh, so I, I am you know, disappointed that they lost to Alabama, but I'm super excited that they made it in. So we'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, they'll play one of the play-in team uh, games. Uh, so there's 68 teams in the field. Um, and we'll get into that a little bit as well. Maryland, uh, West Virginia is a really close eight, nine matchup. Um, uh, I know that Tim and I have rooted for Maryland a lot when we were growing up. Uh, we got San Diego State against the College of Charleston. That's a 5-12 matchup. And then the Virginia Furman matchup, Virginia, the Cavaliers are a number four seed. Uh, so I'm going to start off with Arun. Which game of this set do you want to talk about? Uh, I'll talk about the Maryland, uh, Virginia, and West Virginia game. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how well Maryland does. Um, they're led in scoring by Jameer Young, up to 16 points a game. And they, I believe they were undefeated at home this um, season, but I guess they won't have that luxury and they'll have to uh, try to win some games on the road. And, well, I guess everyone will, <laughs> most teams will have to do that. And um, I was impressed when I saw Maryland, they beat Northwestern. They also beat Purdue, who is um, a number one overall seed. Uh, they, they're they not as good at three-point shooting. West Virginia, um they're and the, from the Big 12, and they're um, a, it's going to be a pretty good uh, game between those teams. And they're also pretty loaded with a lot of seniors, and um, they, they're typically known for playing really good defense. Um, and uh, they, they've beaten teams like um, Kansas State and Texas Tech. Um, but they lost to Kansas a couple of times, but it'll be interesting to see which team goes on to play Alabama from, uh, especially since from the DMV, it'll be uh, good to see uh, this game. Yeah, for sure. Tim, which game do you want to talk about? I'll talk about uh, UVA Furman. Um, obviously I don't know a ton about Furman. They won their, the Southern conference uh, regular season and um, conference tournament. So you know, you can't take them lightly. It's it's hard to handicap teams like this because they only play a handful of games against um, major conference teams earlier in the year. And then, obviously, they play their own conference. So it's, month, it's a several months since they play, you know, like a BCS conference team and then make it to the tournament and play a, a big team like UVA. Obviously... You know, everyone. Most people are going to pick UVA here. I like UVA here as well. Um, 
I think they were second in the ACC regular season. They made it to the um, ACC finals. So clearly great team, um, tons of pedigree. They've won a national championship. They make the tournament pretty much every year. So uh, I'm going to pick them here. I mean, it's not like UVA has ever lost a first-round game, right, guys? So, no, you can't, you can't be against them. Um, personally, yeah, personally, I hate UVA, but I am picking them here. Um, I just think all their all, – they, they have talent. They, they're there every year. So I'm going to lead on, lead on experience here and pedigree. Sounds good. And uh, Ryan, what are your thoughts on uh, this grouping of four? Is there a game that stands out to you? Um, I can talk about the College of Charleston a little bit, but I was just going to add on with, in Furman's case, they haven't been to the NCAA tournament since like, I think 1985. So quite literally, everything is going to be new for them. Um, And I think it's just going to be hard for them, as was already mentioned by Tim, to go up against... uh, Tony Bennett, you know, really experienced head coach, and that's a well-coached team, Um, even though uh, the style of basketball that they play is just so boring. I think think they're just going to be able to edge it out. But also, I slightly bolder prediction, I think um, whoever comes out on top in the 5-12, San Diego State and College of Charleston will advance to the Sweet 16. and uh, I think San Diego State would be my pick. Um, College of Charleston, um, they've had a lot of very close games, which can sometimes work in your favor. But considering, you know, the teams that they're playing, you know, not exactly up to the caliber of a lot of the uh, NCAA tournament teams um, playing them so close. I don't, I don't, I think San Diego, San Diego State's just a little too, um, too talented, um, and I think they're going to be the ones that end up making it out of that that pot of four. Right. And looking ahead a little bit, um, so you think that it's going to be College of Charleston coming out of that side? Do you think Alabama, you know, beats or, the winner? Yeah, San Diego State rather. Yeah, San Diego. Oh, sorry, San yeah. Diego State. But do you think that um, the winner of the Maryland West Virginia gets beat badly by Alabama, or do you think that that's going to be a close game? What are your thoughts there? <sighs> It's hard to say. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty hard to say, but I think regardless of what the scoreboard says, I think I think Alabama's going to find a way through. Um, yeah, it's hard to say. Um, I've I've seen so much happen in these in these tournaments, but but my my instinct is that Alabama's going to make it through. I actually, I guess I would lean towards it being closer than not, um, but. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's hard to say. Cause I don't feel like as good as Alabama has been, I don't feel like they had a ton of blowout wins. I could be wrong about that. Except though. for winning by 20 in a championship game. Sure. Sure. You know, does, you know, at least gives them some motivation going into it, but who knows if that yeah. backfires or, or not, you know, maybe they get yeah. extra confident or whatever. Mm-hmm. So let's take a look at the bottom of the South bracket here. Uh, we've got uh, Creighton uh, versus uh, the Wolfpack. Uh, we got, uh, Baylor versus uh, UCSB. I uh, got Missouri versus uh, Utah State and Arizona versus Princeton, which anyone knows me is my most hated team. So you, you, you uh, you're lucky, uh, Ryan, that <laughs> Tar Heels are out. Um, well, I have a question. You're an NC State fan. Do you hate Duke or UNC more? 
Oh gosh, yeah, it's it's not close. <laughs> it's UNC all the way. <laughs> it is not close. Uh, and yeah. actually, um, part of that was um, so um, so my father grew up in 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 the area um, and went to NC State. And um, you know, right when he finished school was when uh, Jim Valvano had that championship run and. Um, Coach K was was very close to Jim Valvano and was like at his bedside when he was dying from cancer. So there's a little bit of like a soft spot in a lot of state fans' hearts for Coach K because of how good of a friend he was to Jim Valvano. Uh, Interesting, I didn't know that. that yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, so anyway, so yeah, it, uh, it 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 wasn't it wasn't quite close. At least at least for me, I think I think there are some people who would feel differently, you know, for different reasons. Everybody's got their own emotions and opinions, but but yeah, no, the 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 uh, yeah, it's it, yeah, it's it's definitely that way for 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 me. Yeah. But, All right. So between these four games, I assume you want to talk about the NC State game, but I'll let you choose what game you want to talk about. Yeah, I mean that's that's the one I could definitely offer the most. For um, I mean, I've seen every result in every effort from NC State, where they they beat Duke by twenty points and they lost to Clemson by twenty points, like twice. So, um, so there's, and the reason for that, uh, I think they they have a lot of talent and they play with a lot of confidence, and sometimes they can be a little bit overconfident, like even when they're not shooting well. Um, so like Turquavian Smith is like, you know, uh, supposed to be a first round NBA prospect. Um, he's a great shooter, but he can be a little streaky and sometimes he'll just, because he's so confident he can make the shot, he'll take ill-advised shots that can kind of kill the team, uh, if he's not making them. Cause sometimes he does make them, <laughs> like, you know, he's, uh, you know, you know, poor man's, you know, modern NBA guard who, shoots from anywhere, you know? Um, so anyway, so, so they kind of some ways ride and die with him, but I will tell you that, uh, their big man, DJ Burns is like one of the most fun people to watch. And when I say he's a big man, I mean, he's, he's big all the way around, but he's, he's got a, a number of low post moves and he's just cool and confident all the time. And, uh, got to the point he was so popular that, fans would just start cheering when he touched the ball. They were like so excited. They were like, all right, he's going to work at the low post and work some magic here. So that would be selfishly. I would, I would love to see him have a really big game, but uh, Creighton, I, I actually, um, I haven't seen them play uh, really. Um, I know that they've got good tournament experience. Um, they're not, you know, um, they're not new to the NCAA tournament. So, um, I I really do think it does. I mean, I am looking at it from my perspective. But I really do think it does come down to, um, it does come down to whether uh, uh, Smith, NC State's guard, whether he um, decides to be a little bit more unselfish. I think if he's taking uh, if he's taking too many shots, I don't think it's going to be a good game for them. But when they work the ball around, they've got another great guard, Jarkel Joyner, and uh, Burns inside uh, that that can make great plays as well. Um, so who do I think will come out? <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I, I, I do think 
I do think at least in this first game, I think I think uh, I think Turquavian's gonna be a little bit more unselfish, uh, and I think I think it's gonna play into their hands. Um, and we'll see how uh, Creighton fares against. At one point, NC State was a really good, one of the best uh, defensive turnover forcing teams um, in the country. So um, we'll see how Creighton does with kind of a pressing style of defense, but. I think it'll be a very interesting game. I could see it going like played 10 different times. It could go 10 different ways. So definitely one to watch. Um, yeah. And I do think Baylor is going to be the team that makes it out of that pod either way, but that's just my opinion. Sounds good. All right. We're going to go to Tim next. Which one, uh, which of these games do you want to talk about? I'll talk about uh, Arizona Princeton. Um Mostly just because I think Arizona has a really good chance to make the Final Four. Um, obviously, they 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 won the Pac-12 tournament against UCLA. I know a lot of people think UCLA was the better team. They have some injuries, and um, Arizona barely won that game. But I just I, I mean clearly it's a very talented team, um, one of the best teams and one of the better conferences. And I just think, obviously, they'll beat Princeton. Um, Princeton can't really compete with that talent. You know, coming out of the Ivy League, it's going to be tough. I just like their draw because I think um, they're definitely going to make it to uh, the Sweet 16, maybe play Baylor there, um, which would be tough. But Alabama has a lot of clearly off-the-court problems. And they don't actually have a lot of history. I don't think they've ever made a Final Four. And Arizona's made, you know, many. They, they're they really kind of prestigious programs. So this is, the, this is the team that I'm looking at. I think they're probably going to blow out Princeton in this game. I wouldn't be surprised if Princeton plays well in the first half. Maybe even comes out with like a 10-point lead, for example. But Arizona, I think, is going to wear them out. And by the second half, probably – win by double digits, but, um, you know, I, I think it's, it is an interesting part of the bracket and obviously Baylor, you know, ha, has won a championship. So that, you know, it would be a really good, uh, sweet 16 matchup potentially. For sure. Um, all right, Arun, uh, which, uh, which game do you want to talk about? Um, I'll just talk about the Creighton North Carolina state, but more, mainly from like the Creighton, point of view because I've seen Creighton I guess because I watched a lot of Big East basketball Creighton did knock out Villanova from the Big East tournament um, they have a very good three-point shooting team Trey Alexander leads the conference at 43% three-point shooting uh, Kof Brenner um, second he's like their big man he's second in blocks and um, I think Creighton did make yeah they got to the Sweet 16 a couple uh, seasons ago, they lost to Gonzaga in 2021, but um, it'll be interesting to see if what Big East teams can do well in the tournament, um, given that Villanova's not in it. And uh, just like Xavier also, Xavier Marquette, maybe they're more, probably more likely to make a deeper run than Creighton, but um, it'll be interesting to see how well Creighton uh, play translates into the NCAA tournament. For sure. Uh, let me see. Um, hold on. 
Sorry, I was trying to find out. There was a listing of all the other. I don't know why it's not showing up. Oh, I think it's at the bottom. The uh, um, I the playing so games. Oh, yeah, they are. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we got Texas A&M Corpus Christi uh, playing. Um, is it Southern Missouri State? Yeah, southeastern. Southeastern Missouri State. Uh, we got Texas Southern playing FDU. We got Arizona State playing Nevada, uh, and we got Mississippi State playing Pittsburgh. Uh, and so two of those are 16s against each other and two of those are 11 seeds against each other. Um, I'll let each one of you guys talk about one of those games if you'd like to, and then we'll get back into the regular bracket side of things. Uh, I'll start off with uh, you, Ryan. Uh, is there a game that's interesting of those uh, first four? Um, not particularly. I do think that um, that pittsburgh is not going to advance um i just have not been all that impressed with seeing them this year um i know and you know they beat north carolina before we realized you know that north carolina was not going to be a tournament team um and uh yeah i mean i think they were kind of lucky to squeeze into the tournament so i i think mississippi state will probably um take that game uh, and I quite honestly, I don't see any of these teams advancing beyond that uh, first first round. Um, that's just me, though. I don't know if anybody feels differently, but that's how I feel about it. Tim, do you agree with that sentiment? I do, but um, I do remember one year, I want to say, obviously it wasn't long ago because the play-in games haven't existed long, but... There was one year where, like, UCLA barely made it. They got an 11 play-in game, and they won, and they made it all the way to the Sweet 16. So I'm not saying one of these teams will make it to the Sweet 16, but there is something to be said about that extra advantage of, like, going into the round of 64 with a win under your belt, a little bit of confidence. So I wouldn't be surprised if one of the 11s, like, gets to the round of 32. Um, I'll just add, I'm rooting for Nevada because um, I think Arizona State's coach is Bobby Hurley, that Duke bum. So <laughs> I'm, I'm going for Nevada. Nice. I like it. Arun, any thoughts uh, on this first four? Yeah, uh, Texas Southern, 14-20 and 20 record. I believe they won their tournament, but they lost to Houston by 45 points earlier this season. But who knows, anything can happen in the tournament. Like last year, St. Peter's uh, knocked out Kentucky. So I'm not ruling any of these teams out. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if, well, one of these teams advanced, but I'd be pretty surprised if a 16 beats a one, even though it's happened already. And the ones are not as strong as before, but it's still pretty surprising whenever that happens. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, let's go... Um... So we've gotten through this uh, the South bracket. So let's get into this East bracket here. So we've got Purdue, uh, Memphis versus FAU. We got Duke Oral Roberts, uh, and then we've got Tennessee versus Louisiana. Um, I'm gonna start off with you, Arun. Which game do you want to talk about? All right, hold on a second. Um, I'll talk about, I guess, uh, the Duke Oral Roberts. Uh, did you mention that that one game that side of the practice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's up on your share screen if you can see that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Duke Oral Roberts is one of the games. Yes. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, well, Duke uh, plays. Uh, they won the tournament. They beat uh, Pittsburgh, Miami, and Virginia uh, to uh, beat to win the ACC tournament. Uh, their defense uh, played really well against Virginia. Maybe with some officiating help, knowing Duke, but. <laughs> Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Duke kind of started off the season like pretty strong and like uh, they did lose to Kansas but then they beat Xavier. Um, they lost to Purdue. So it'll be interesting to see how they do against uh, stronger competition. And yeah, Oral Roberts, the, so <laughs> it'll be they're 30 and four. They're in a smaller conference, but um, Duke has lost crazy um, upsets, even with Coach K as a head coach, and now they're transitioning to a new era without him. So it'll be definitely interesting to see how well Duke plays, even though they did win the ACC tournament. Yeah. Uh, Tim, uh, what are your thoughts on this side of the bracket? Uh, I'll take Memphis, uh, Florida Atlantic. Um, this game is really interesting. I couldn't, I was trying to Google it. I couldn't find the number, but I heard um, yesterday Florida Atlantic has a, a really long winning streak. Obviously um, they won their uh, small conference tournament. So they're going in really hot to this game and they're actually favored. Uh, Memphis though is also coming in pretty hot. I think they um, almost won their conference tournament. They lost to Houston on Sunday, yesterday, but they were winning that game. I think um, they had a good chance to win. So I, I like this matchup because you have two really hot teams going in. Um, obviously not big conference teams are not playing really great competition the whole year. Um, I'm actually going to pick Florida Atlantic here. I just like, um, you know, their winning streak and the momentum that they have. Um, obviously I, I don't think either team could take out Purdue, not obviously, but just what I think. Um, but this matchup is going to be one of the better, uh, round one games. I think it could be really close. And, um, this is one that I, that I'm probably going to tune into. Sure. Ryan, what, which game do you want to talk about? Um, so it's interesting. I mean, I, I kind of think for the reasons that Tim mentioned, I mean, I still would expect Purdue to advance, but I also am thinking it's, it's kind of probably Purdue has the toughest matchup to, if they advance, assuming they advance out of the first round. Um, but I, I think they have the toughest matchup in the round of 32 with either either Memphis or FAU. Um, I honestly think uh, uh, I've, I've been pretty impressed with what I've seen uh, from Memphis. A few times I've gotten to see them. Uh, so I kind of expect them to advance and really take Purdue all the way to the end. Uh, I think it's going to be close. Um, so, um, that's just how I feel about it, but, um, 
And then, of course, I've seen Duke play a lot. So uh, I think they've really come together. And again, I don't think what the Duke team people saw in November is the same team that's been playing since February. They've been on a tear. They've won like nine or 10 straight uh, or something like that. Um, so I think Duke's going to very easily advance over Oral Roberts. Uh, I don't think it's going to be close. Sounds good. Let's take a look at the bottom of the Eastern bracket. we got Kentucky versus Providence, Kansas State versus Montana State, Michigan State versus USC, and Marquette, Vermont in the in the 2-15 game. Uh, we're going to start off with you, Ryan. Which game do you want to talk about? Um, I'll talk about Marquette and Vermont. Um, I think Marquette has uh, just a very quick team that's um that plays pretty smart um they're gonna cause a lot of uh they're gonna wreak a lot of havoc i think in this in this tournament um uh, uh i see them i see them getting all the all the way to the elite eight um maybe final four um i think they're they're the strongest team in this this side of the bracket right here Okay, uh, we're going to go to Arun next. What are your thoughts on uh, this grouping? Um, I'll talk about Michigan State versus uh, USC. Uh, Tom is a, um, he's typically done the best um, being under, when his team is seated pretty low, but he usually makes a pretty deep run. And Michigan State, they're pretty strong with three-point shooting um, this season. Um, Tyson uh, Walker leads the team in scoring with 14.6 points per game, um, and he's shooting 42% from three. And Michigan State, uh, they lost to Ohio State to close the season, but they typically make their hay in the tournament if they make a deep run. But USC's not to be counted out. Um, they, um, they did lose to Arizona State, um, although they closed the regular season, I believe, beating Arizona State. And Boogie Ellis and uh, Drew Peterson, their two seniors, lead the team in scoring. Um, they're pretty good from three-point range, and it should be, I think, maybe whoever wins this game could make it to the Sweet 16. should be a pretty um, closely contested game. Yeah, for sure. Um, Tim, I, I want to offer... Do you want this to be your last round? I know you said you wanted to go at 11 and we could even um, uh, possibly uh, have a substitute. Uh, Davey just rated us. I know that he could join in if you wanted to go early or you can continue on with us. I, I, I told you I'd give you an out at 11. So I'm, I'm Oh, no, no. I appreciate that. Yeah, no, I'll switch. I'll, yeah, I'll um, sign off after this just because it's getting late. Switch in with Davey. Okay, that sounds but, good. Um, okay. But yeah, I... Oh, go ahead. But Davey's saying that he's going to join next week. And that's fine, too. And we can just do the three of us as well. So uh, whatever works out for everybody. Um, But, yeah, Tim, what are your thoughts on this bracket? I was just going to point out the Kentucky-Providence game. I think this is an interesting matchup because a lot of people thought that Providence didn't deserve to get in. I know um, Ryan mentioned Rutgers, I think, um, uh, Rutgers actually had better computer numbers than Providence. So they might have been the last team in um, or one of the last teams in. But also that gives you a little bit of chip on your shoulder um, to know that you're not, 
you know, a lot of people talk trash and you're not supposed to be there. But then also you have Kentucky, which is another kind of, I don't know, like enigmatic team. They're always so talented, but they kind of underachieved this year, I would say. So uh, this game's interesting. I'm going to pick Kentucky, but um, I do – I could see it go either way, honestly, because, you know, Providence made it to the Sweet 16 last year, and um, they're going to play with a little um, extra motivation. Yeah, for sure. Um but so Tim, I was I'm super happy that you were able to join us uh, to talk yeah, about man, it. Thanks. And um I uh I hope that your bracket goes well uh in whatever tournament that you end up uh submitting it into. Um and uh, we're not doing one for Sports on the Hill podcast this year. Uh as I oh, man. one uh yeah. But um <laughs> uh, uh but uh we uh but but it's always fun to still break it down and take a look at it and we'll continue to talk about it. Uh, next week as well but i hope that you have a great week and you have any final thoughts before we let you go no i just hope um it's obvious it's always a great tournament there's always some uh cinderella that goes far i saw uh today that actually the advertising makes the second most money after the super bowl and i really do like the sporting event i think you could argue it's one of the best you know that we do have so i'm just excited and um i think it's going to be fun Yeah, I'm very excited about it as well. Well, thank you, Tim. I appreciate it so much, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, thanks, guys. Have a good one. Bye. All right. So we're going to switch to the other side of the bracket now. Um, We're going to go all the way to the top of here, the Midwest. Um, And now since there's only three of us, if you guys want to talk about two games, you you can feel free to to do that now. and um uh, and then we can uh, kind of move on or if there's just one that you really want to talk about i'm not going to force you into two but uh we we have a little bit more space to to discuss things now um houston a uh, number one seed is playing north kentucky at 16 uh, iowa auburn an eight nine matchup we got miami of florida a five versus tw- drake at 12 and indiana is a four seed versus kent state at 13 seed uh, then Ryan, I'll start with you. Which uh, game or games would you like to talk about? Mm, uh, I'll talk about Miami and Drake. Um, Miami had an unfortunate situation in the tournament where one of their uh, big men went down with an injury. And um, and I don't think, you know, I don't think they're going to have the size um, to really go the, you know, go the distance and be kind of a, upstart which it's unfortunate because they played really well when they're at full health but but they're not and i think they're kind of ripe i think uh drake might give them an early exit in this one um we'll see drake's a solid team so um i don't know um it's gonna be tough for miami even in the first round sounds good and then I'll probably do it where I'll ask you about one and then Arun, and then if you guys have a second one, you can do Sounds that after, good. and we'll go back and forth. Arun, uh, which game would you like to talk about? Um, I'll talk about the Indiana Hoosiers versus uh, Kent State. Um, Kent State, uh, they they did battle Houston pretty close earlier in the season. They only lost like 49-44. Carrie um, and Jacobs are the two – they're like have a pretty heavily senior lineup with Kerry uh, Jacobs and uh, Giovanni Santiago, and the 
the Hoosiers, they beat Maryland in the tournament, 70 to 60. Um, they have some okay size. Nobody taller than 6'9", but nobody shorter than 6'3". So kind of versatile positioning, I guess. And Tracy Jackson Davis, he has, he's, has 21, 11, and pretty good big man. Um, shoots okay from the free throw line. So it'll be interesting to see um, if Indiana can uh, beat the uh, beat Kent State. Although it could be a potential upset given that Kent State played Houston pretty close earlier this year. Yeah, Ryan, you have any other thoughts on the side of the bracket? Just, I think Houston is the. I mean, you know. Houston is probably the closest thing to a lock to get out of that pod um, to get into the round of 16 out of any of the teams in the tournament. Um, Not only are they a great team, but I don't consider any of the others to be particularly uh, intimidating or, you know, I mean, of course it's March, anything can happen, but, but it just doesn't seem, it seems the least likely outcome (laughs) to me. Um, so that's all I have to say. Yeah. Arun, any final thoughts on this side before we move on to the other side of the bracket? Yeah, I just thought it was interesting. Tim signed off, but Drake lost to Richmond by 30 points earlier this season. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't want to talk about it. I I like that. So, um, all right, uh, let's move to the other side of the Midwest bracket. Um, we've got Iowa state, uh, that will be playing one of those play-in uh, teams. We've got Xavier, uh, and, uh, Kennesaw state. Um, it's a three fourteen matchup. We got the Aggies against Penn state. Uh, so that's a seven ten matchup. Uh, and then we got Texas Colgate and that's a two fifteen matchup. And I just have to say, I really hope the Aggies and Texas advance and they play each other. Um, and, you know, that'd be an incredible round of 32 <laughs> game, just the two yeah. rival schools that haven't really gotten to play each other very much, uh, in sports since they switched uh divisions um or conferences rather and uh it would just be a really fun way to revive that rivalry and i just think that that would be such an incredible 7-2 matchup um one of the at least most exciting storylines for me for sure uh so uh remind me of all those thanksgiving from a decade ago uh back when i used to watch those uh football games um yeah every thursday so um i'll start off with a rune uh, which game would you like to start off with uh, I'll talk about the Iowa State versus uh, Mississippi State Bulldogs. Um, it's kind of like a contrasting like style. Uh, I guess like Iowa State's more perimeter oriented with uh, Jaron Holmes and uh, Caleb Drill like being their leading three point shooters. But uh, Mississippi State Bulldogs, they don't really have the best three-point shooters, 34%, and everyone is sub-30%. So it's definitely um, going to be a difference in style of play. Uh, Tolu Smith, the 6'10 senior, averaging 16 and 8. Um, he probably needs to have a good game for, uh, for Mississippi State. But I think unless Iowa, um, Iowa State goes cold from three, I think Iowa State should win this game. Yeah. Um, Ryan, where do you want to start off on this side? Um, that's interesting. I was kind of looking at Iowa State as well. Um, 
they're a team that I kind of consider to be a little bit of a dark horse, and mainly because I believe they're the team that is highest in terms of forcing turnovers. Um, so I think they've got the ability to disrupt uh, teams and get them off their game. And of course, they're a great uh, perimeter shooting team, as Arun mentioned. So, uh, so yeah, if they, I mean, it, especially if their shots are falling and um, they're upsetting other teams as far as they're not letting them get into their offense and getting those turnovers, then uh, it it could be uh, it could be an interest it could be a fun ride for Iowa State, I think. Um, and yeah, like you, Robbie, I would I would love to see uh, Texas A and M in Texas, um, and. Um, I think there's, you know, I think it's a pretty good chance we're going to get it. I think, uh, I, I think both of those teams are very solid tournament worthy teams and, um, not to say that their opposition is unworthy, but, um, but yeah, I consider them both to be slight favorites in their, in their matchups. Well, Texas a little bit more (laughs) than a slight favorites considering, uh, um, Colgate hasn't really played a lot of uh, competition that's comparable. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I definitely think the Aggies have a tougher task than Penn State because they still have to play some pretty decent teams um, and stuff like that. Uh, Arun, any uh, final thoughts on the side of the bracket? Uh, maybe uh, just like Xavier, it'll be interesting to see how they do. They blew out Creighton, but they lost by double digits to Marquette, um, another Big East team that maybe it would be interesting to see if any other Big East teams um, can play well in the tournament. They, they haven't other than Villanova, but maybe since Villanova isn't there, maybe they'll take the mantle of one of those teams. Sounds good. I think we've broken down that side of the bracket pretty good. Uh, so we're going to move on um, down here uh, to this side of the bracket. I'm going to let Ryan have the first crack at it, but let me break down the teams. we got Kansas, a number one versus Howard, a 16. Arkansas, an eight. And Illinois, a nine. St. Mary's, a five. VCU is a 12. UConn, a four. And Iona, a 13. Uh, Ryan, where do you want to start? Uh, the question on everybody's minds. Can Rick Pitino have one more uh, spectacular dance <laughs> at Iona College? Um, yeah, I, I don't think so. Um, I think UConn's going to come out on top in that game. Um, but it'll, it'll, that, that's what I'm kind of, it's just kind of amusing to me to kind of see Rick Pitino still, still around and, um, just at Iona College. (laughs) It's just such a funny kind of, I don't know, just not what you would expect to see, but so, uh, uh, we'll, uh, we'll see, we'll see what happens of course, but that that's for me, that's kind of the, the fun matchup for me from this group. Yeah, and I see that Davey's been chatting uh, in chat. He thinks Iowa State could have a run to a fascinating player. And he says he also likes Penn State, but not by a ton. Either team could win that 7-10 game. And he says, never say never, Ryan. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it, it was just true. This tournament is always fun and exciting because there's always some Cinderella team uh, that surprises all of us that none of us can predict before week one starts. Um, Arun, wh- where do you want to start on this uh, side of the bracket? Um, I'll talk about the Arkansas Illinois game. Um, Musselman, Eric Musselman, former NBA coach, he's been, done pretty well with the Razorbacks. And um, I guess like 
will be Ricky Consul. He's good in the pick and roll, not really. And then Nick Smith, um, he's more of their spot up uh, scorer. He's averaging 14. And so they'll have to get it done defensively. They did lose to Texas A&M in the tournament. Um, and then Illinois, that's my mom's former school um, where she did her graduate program. And uh, they um, lost in the tournament to Penn State. Um, Shannon um, is their leading scorer. Um, and he's really good at the spot, like spotting up and getting in transition. And it'll be interesting to see if Illinois, I, they, I remember they went out like a couple years ago as a really high seed. So maybe being in that eight, nine matchup, maybe they'll have better luck and maybe they, they want to try to get the upset, but uh, I'm not really counting on any, I think Illinois might be outmatched maybe by the Razorbacks just based on Musselman's uh, coaching track record as of late. For sure. Ryan, do you have any other thoughts on the side of the bracket? Um. I do also think, I mean, St. Mary's and VCU is, is pretty intriguing. Um, I, I think, uh, the Gales kind of have a shot to, uh, to make some noise in the tournament, but, um, but of course it could, could end right there in the first, first round. I'm still picking, uh, St. Mary's to advance. Um, and I think, in a bracket, I think I do have them making a run into the uh, Sweet 16. So, um, so yeah, that'll be just interesting to see um, if the Gales can come through. They've been to a lot of tournaments. They haven't really made a ton of noise, um, you know, beyond getting to the tournament. But uh, this this could be could be the year that changes that. Yeah, Arun, any final thoughts on this side of the bracket? Um, no, that's not really, not okay. really. Yeah, we can we can move on to the final bracket here. We got uh, TCU uh, versus a team to be decided. Uh, we got Gonzaga a three versus Grand uh, Canyon, uh, which is a fourteen. Uh, Northwestern as a seven versus Boise State a ten. UCLA is a two seed versus UNC Asheville a fifteen seed. So a, a UNC does make it, just not <laughs> the one that I root for. Um, but um, we'll start off with Arun on this side of the bracket. Uh, which game do you want to talk about? Uh, I'll talk about Northwestern in case Michael Wilbon is listening. And <laughs> is the, uh, Penn State, uh, they lost to Penn State to close out the tournament, but they did beat Purdue um, earlier this year. And uh, I think it's, they haven't really done that. I think this is like they're looking for their like second tournament win. Uh, they did get blown out by Maryland. I saw them play. They their guard play is a little bit um, Easter famine with them. At least where I saw Boo Booey, um, he's good when he's like running in the flow of the offense. But he, if he's like chucking up shots, he's like an okay three point shooter at thirty one percent, but not great. Um, so they kind of need to take um, beat, spread the ball around more and get it to like open shooters like and um, it'll be in, and then uh, then Boise State they uh, closed out the season their last win was against UNLV but then they lost to close out to Utah State and 
they're um, they're kind of some size, some a couple of six ten guys, but they're not that good. So they'll rely on they're more like uh, their leading scorer Degan Hart and Max Rice. Uh, so they they're like um, they're probably going to run like a six to seven man rotation against uh, against Northwestern. It'll be interesting to see who comes out on top because Northwestern hasn't really done well, but um, they have played much better this season. For sure. Ryan, what, what are your, some of your thoughts? Yeah, I, um, I, I like Northwestern um, in that matchup. It will be an interesting one. Um, and I think I have a lot of confidence in UCLA. Um, yeah, I do see this. I think I see out of all the sections, this one to me feels like the most chalk uh, sub-region, if you will. Like, I, I do like all of the higher seeds to advance in this in this one. Um, you know, especially with, you know, GCU um, being kind of a newer school to this uh, NCAA tournament. Gonzaga just obviously having a ton of tournament experience uh, and well-coached, and I think they're going to be um, advancing to the next round. Um, and, yeah, the, I guess the biggest question mark for me of this four would be TCU, even though I still like them to advance. Because um, I know they had um, – um, one of their players had to um, leave the team – um, I think he was more of a depth player, but when it's kind of a weird situation like that, sometimes mentally that it can affect you, and it happened pretty recently. Um, so, um, so that could be maybe maybe they come out and they're just, you know, they don't feel the same. <laughs> you know, sometimes those emotions can can interfere a little bit. Um, so we'll see. I, I doubt it. I that again, I still like TCU to win, but but that's uh that's that's the one matchup that maybe gives an opportunity for the first four team, uh, if you will, which would be, uh, would that be the winner of, uh, would that be the winner of Mississippi state and Pitt or the winner of Arizona state and Nevada? I forget. I'm actually not sure which one it is. <laughs> really uh, but yeah, I still like TCU though, to advance ultimately. Um, all right. Well, is there any final thoughts before we end the show tonight? Or any other things that we haven't missed in this uh, March Madness? And then uh, we're going to go for a, a bit of a raid here. And I really appreciate both of your time um, for talking this through with me. But I'll start off with you, Arun. Is there any final thoughts on the tournament at a, as a whole that you'd like to talk about or anything else before we let you go? Um, no, not really. Just like that subregion, maybe that'll be that rematch of Gonzaga UCLA. That was a great game a couple of years ago. And maybe hopefully if they both advance, if it's chalky, then maybe they'll turn out to be another good game. Yeah. I, uh, I think it's going to be a really interesting tournament. I, I'm, I really appreciate you guys breaking down uh, a lot of the different matchups. I haven't been able to watch as much college basketball this season as I have in previous. Uh, so I found it very interesting. Ryan, any final thoughts that, that you have on this before we uh, sort of wrap up the show? 
I'm looking forward to uh, watching all the games, as many as I can anyway. Um, and uh, I think it's interesting, um, just the field this year and the way seeding has played out. Um, there's, I think we are seeing, even in this tournament seeding, the the new era of basketball you know of college basketball with i mean transfer portal has changed everything and not having to sit out a year um i mean quite literally coaches have to convince players to return to their team you know so so we just have a totally different landscape now for college basketball and then of course there's the whole the nil stuff too where sometimes players are they're transferring not because they don't enjoy their current team, but because they're looking to see, hey, maybe I can make some chunk, good, good amount of money somewhere, <laughs> you know. So it's it's going to be interesting, and we've already seen the results of just we have some teams that are like stacked with seniors because people have been kind of coaches have been stacking their rosters with experienced players from other conferences. We see some teams that are doing the opposite, kind of rejecting that. And they're trying to be, you know, more like what we're used to seeing, like a four year program. And so, uh, so anyway, I just thought it's kind of interesting that like you see, I mean, Alabama <laughs> as a number one seed, you know, something that would have been unimaginable uh, a few years ago. Um, Houston, not as much unimaginable. I mean, they have a little bit of history, but but still, you know, not what you're, Kansas is kind of the one that you're, and Purdue, right? Kansas is the one that you're expecting to see as a number one seed. Just if you were five years ago, going to ask who would be the number one seeds in this year. So, so I just think that's interesting. Um, and it'll be interesting to see uh, how the tournament shakes out and what that means for next season. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, I'm going to, end my podcast and the audio and the Facebook side of things real quick. And then I'll have you guys uh, stay on uh, for the Twitch after party, as I call it. Um, but I really appreciate both uh, Ryan, that E flat guy. I'll put his links and all of his information. Uh, you can definitely check him out on uh, Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays on Twitch. Uh, usually uh, the, the Fridays and night stream, the Wednesdays, usually a day stream and the Monday can be a day or a night stream uh, today. It was a night stream. Um, and uh, so I hope that you guys all uh, follow him again. It's that E flat guy um, as uh, on twitch.tv. Uh, you can catch all the music and stuff and I moderate over there as well. And so I appreciate uh, the insight and talking a little bit of a different sport with us uh, talking uh, basketball. We talked hockey a couple of weeks ago, so it was kind of fun uh, to do that. Um, and I appreciate Arun and Tim and Champ and, you know, our entire round table from C4 to Anna uh, earlier, as well as Gil. So it's been a, a packed show with lots of awesome guests uh, next week. On Sports on the Hill podcast, we have our season, our season seven finale, which also is our season or seven year stream anniversary, depending on how you want to look at it, since we will then be streaming for seven years. Uh, we always started on St. Patrick's Day, so I can kind of remember the closest episode to that is going to be uh, our stream anniversary or our anniversary special, depending on what platform you want to be talking about it. And uh, so I really appreciate everyone from, you know, Rune and I talked about March Madness that, you know, one of the very first weeks of our podcast 
uh, back then. Uh, and it's fun to still seven years later, be able to talk with him about it. And I have Ryan and Ryan, you are more than welcome to join. Uh, Davey's going to be joining us next week to break down, um, you know, us looking, I don't think we'll have time to break down all the games, obviously from this week and preview all the games next week. Cause there'll still be a lot of games, uh, but we can maybe talk about our favorite game, uh, you know, pick one or two. Uh, and then we can uh, maybe do an abbreviated thing like we did this week where we break down the brackets again and we take a look going forward. Um, but it'll be a longer show next week we've got a lot to cover between xfl hockey the wizards and march madness uh, but it should be a really fun uh, anniversary special and uh, last show uh, before season eight starts in april but uh, thank you so much ryan for uh, joining us uh, we'll, i'll let you do a final sign out as well as part of uh, the uh, the Twitch side of it, and I'll let Arun do the same. But thank you, everyone, for tuning into the audio side of the podcast. We really appreciate everyone uh, for being a part of that. Um, and um, thank you, everybody, for being on the Facebook live stream as well. Uh, we're DC Sports Without the Politics, Sports on the Hill podcast. This is episode 302, our March Madness special, and we'll see you next week.